Welcome to episode 39 of the Rich Roll Podcast with Brett Plankner and Morgan Christian. The Rich Roll Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Rich Roll. This is the Rich Roll Podcast. I'm going to keep this super short today. Uh, why? Because I'm in my garage recording this. It's got to be about 110 degrees outside, and so that must make it about 130 in this garage. We don't, Our air conditioning broke, and I'm like literally sweating on the microphone. But I guess that's a good practice because I'm going to be, this next upcoming weekend, I'm going to be at Badwater uh, crewing for Dean Carnazes. So consider it heat acclimation, I suppose, but... I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm literally dying in here. Anyway, I just got back from Vegetarian Summerfest in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, which was an amazing experience. It's about, I don't know, 800,000 people descend on this small town in central Pennsylvania around the campus of University of Pittsburgh, Johnstown. We all kind of lived together. I was like staying in a dorm and it was cool. There was tons of amazing speakers and panelists, uh, a lot of the same kind of doctors and nutritionists and trainers and, uh, you know, the voices of the plant-based movement that I've been lucky enough to kind of meet and listen to and learn from over the last year were there and, uh, chalk it up to bad planning. I suppose I, I, I should have stayed an extra day and just scheduled podcasts all day long because I literally could have interviewed, uh, I don't know, 10 or 15 people and, and uh, had some amazing content for you. And I thought I would be able to grab at least three or four while I was there. And I underestimated how much I would be running around and, you know, the kind of constraints on my time. So the only person I was able to carve out time to sit down with, which uh, was Dr. Michael Greger, who, if you're a fan of the show, he was one of the early guests that we had back in, I think it was December, one of the first few people that we had on. I interviewed him by Skype, which was great, but uh, I wanted to sit down with him in person and I got the chance, uh, which was fantastic. We had an amazing conversation and that was the episode that I was planning on uploading today. But yesterday, uh, as I was coming into the garage with my friends, Brett Blankner and, and Morgan Christian, I was kind of schlepping my gear in here to set it up to do our podcast interview, the one that we're, I'm gonna share with you today. And I dropped my external hard drive and it landed like a thud on the concrete floor. Uh, never a good sign. Plugged it in, started making some weird noises and uh, of course not registering. And I've been unable to access the data on that drive. And my interview with Dr. Greger is one of those files. So I hadn't quite made it up to the cloud yet, unfortunately. So uh, lesson learned, which stinks because I've got a lot of data on there that I need to get. And I'm sure I'll be able to, you know, get it accessed at some point, but it's just going to be able, it's going to take me a little bit of time. So today we have uh, Brett Blankner and Morgan Christian, two very good friends of mine. Uh, Brett and I go back several years. I was an early fan of his podcast, Zen and the Art of Triathlon, and always enjoyed listening to him. Um, did uh, a couple training camps with him, one at uh, his house in College Station, Texas, a couple years ago, and then one at Morgan's house in San Diego. I think that was two years ago. Um, great guys. And, uh, you know, one of the things on, on this show is I try to bring the perspective of kind of the everyman 
uh, amateur triathlete, multi-sport athlete, and have them kind of clue us into how they uh, incorporate healthy living and multi-sport training into their busy life, how they balance kids, family, wife, husband, uh, professional life, and all of that to make it all work. And you know where their commitment to healthy lifestyle comes from, and hopefully glean some insight that is helpful to you guys out there, which is obviously the goal of this show. If you're new to the show, who am I? Well, I'm an ultra endurance athlete. I am a plant-based nutrition advocate. I'm a public speaker. I'm an author. I wrote a book called Finding Ultra. What else? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm a podcast host, I guess. But the idea with this show is to bring to you some of the best and brightest and most engaging and entertaining minds and personalities and health and fitness, wellness in general. Uh, everybody from, uh, what was I going to say? I totally lost my train of thought. Everybody from world-class athletes to doctors, nutritionists, wellness experts, uh, what else? Even entrepreneurs and, uh, and the everyman as well. And the idea is to provide you with a lot of information from which you can glean what works for you uh, so that you can implement these insights and tools into your life and unlock uh, the best, most authentic version of yourself because we need more of you. We need more of the authentic version of you in this world. Uh, That's what my journey is all about and that's what I'm committed to trying to help other people experience and achieve. So uh, let's see. Also, I'm going to be announcing the contest winners for the t-shirt giveaway. Sorry, I've been late to the party on making that announcement. It's just been traveling and spread really thin, but I'll do that uh, on Twitter or Facebook in the next couple of days and make an announcement on the next podcast episode. Uh, what else? Uh, want to support the show? Click on the Amazon banner ad on richroll.com. Won't cost you a penny extra. Uh, you want to buy something on Amazon, just go to richroll.com, go to the podcast page or the blog page. You'll see it right there on the right-hand margin. Click that, goes to Amazon, get whatever you're going to get. Won't cost you anything extra uh, and kicks a few pennies over our way and helps pay for some of the equipment and the costs that we face. Uh, you can also donate to the podcast. You can subscribe weekly or monthly, throw a few dollars at your behest, whatever you choose. Uh, Thank you, everyone who's done that. But like I said, the podcast is free. You don't want to donate. You don't feel compelled to do it. Uh, It will always be free uh, for you. But uh, we are very appreciative of those who have donated. So thank you very much. I'm super proud to announce my next venture, Voicing Change Media. This beautiful consortium of thinkers, storytellers, artists, and visionaries, all committed to fostering meaningful exchanges and sharing thought-provoking content. Voicing Change Media will feature shows like The Proof with Simon Hill, Soul Boom with Rain Wilson, Mentor Buffet with Alexi Pappas, Feel Better Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and The Conversation with Amanda Decadene. You can explore this network and all its offerings at voicingchange.media. What else? Uh, let's just get into it. I think we're done. Uh, check out Finding Ultra if you haven't already read it. Get it for a friend. Enough with the ad. Let's get into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, my good friends, Brett Blankner and Morgan Christian. Enjoy. Street boy. 
You've been out too long, street boy. Ain't you got enough sense to go home? Welcome to the Ritual Podcast. There we go. <laughs> the always Doesn't effervescent Brett Blankner. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's right. See what happens to you when you hang out in Malibu? You start turning start into getting a weird, crazy dude. person. <laughs> so we have a, I have a bone to pick with you. What? Who, me? Yeah, you. Oh, what I do? You make this big pilgrimage uh, to, to Los Angeles, and it's just it's all about it's all about Vinny Tortorich and America's Angriest Trainer. Yes, I get this email. I'm coming to L.A. to do Vinny's podcast. Do you have five minutes if I can find the time to swing by after I've gone and seen Vinny and worshipped yeah. at the altar of no sugar, no grains? I was telling Morgan I did this on purpose to see if to see if I would get jealous. Yes. <laughs> Well, because I wanted to be on your show really, really bad. Dude, why didn't you and just? Then, I didn't even know you were coming to LA. Why? Did, all you had to do is say, "Hey, I'm then, coming no, to no, LA," no, no. and I'd say, "Come by the garage well, Vinny, and let's do a show." Vinny brought it up first, and then when I said, "Hey, I'm coming up to LA to do Vinny's show," then you said, well, "What about me?" And I go, "Oh, I'm going to use this." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the it was effective. So it was you two Jeez. together that were doing it. I'm just riding that wave. Yeah, but I would have, I would have, of course, I would have had you on. You're the, uh, you're the godfather of uh, endurance podcasting. <laughs> when did you start? I smell like an old godfather. When did you start your podcast? Um, so in 2004, when Kai was born. So I can always go back to how old he is. So he's eight. So eight and change. 2004. Yeah, it's almost. You're coming up on almost yeah. ten years. Yeah. So um, he was born preemie. And uh, we did the Iron Baby. I did the Iron Baby all by myself. My mm -hmm. first ever Iron Man solo, self-supported, and was live blogging it on a. Who made the sidekick, Morgan? Who was? The, oh, it was a like danger, danger side, danger, a danger sidekick. Yeah. Just saying the word sidekick dates you horribly yeah. by danger. And yeah. so I was live blogging because you could blog to blogger.com uh -huh. with a text message. <clears throat> so I was sending text messages as my status as I was doing it. And started, um, I think the first year I, I wasn't raising money for charity. But then the next year I had the idea, let's do this. We called it the Iron Baby the next year. I was wondering what the genesis of that was. Uh, by the way, yeah. we, uh, we're recording in my garage and it's so hot out I had to roll up the door and it faces the highway where, and it's Sunday, which means motorcycles. Motorcycle day. So you're going to hear a lot of motorcycles going by. Yeah. And you know what? It's I'm not going to apologize. That's just part of the, the ambiance yeah. of... It's the, it's the character. It's yeah. the, it's so Morgan is over here on our, our my right, Rich's left, and Morgan's the mm -hmm. motorcycle expert, so he'll probably be able to tell it. When one goes by, tell us what it is. Oh, I just watch yeah. out. I can tell yeah. you the sound. <laughs> sorry, no, you can just say, I'll just be like, idiot. <laughs> God, Put on too some fast. pants. <laughs> Wait, here we go. There oh, goes sorry, it's going to happen every five yeah. seconds. So. Bang my headphones. All right, Iron Baby. Yeah, so I'd never done an Iron Man before, and I found myself in way over my head. But what? But was, that was inspired by having a premature child. Like it was a spontaneous. Like I'm gonna. I need to go out and. I needed to prove on uh, Vinny's podcast. I go in, in depth about like how. Excuse how me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, tune, wait, everybody, just uh, you know, tune out right now and go over to the, go over to Vinny's yeah, podcast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead saying? and get out my camera because this is gonna get awesome. So mm, the yeah, uh, I introduced you guys. See what happens. No good deed goes unpunished. I came out here for this treatment. Yeah. 
<laughs> so the uh, the uh, the deal was is as a as a dad, you're told just to sit there, don't do anything, you know. And so Emily was in labor for six days Ugh. while they were trying to keep the baby on board while they're giving her. They're trying to drugs. prevent the baby from being born. Uh, yeah, so that they can get enough drugs into him to develop his lungs enough so he can breathe on his own. Exactly. There's a, Somebody so else was just along. telling me that they went through the same thing. And I, yeah, if you, they have mm-hmm. to. Do, the, the, they can use these drugs to develop, like sort of expedite lung development. Right. And so, and then still after he was born, they had to put him on a little bit of a caffeine drip to kind of keep him wired enough to want to breathe because mm-hmm. uh, preemie boys especially want to stop breathing. And so they had the alarm on them. You know, that's like a car drip. battery. Caffeine drip sounds good. Yeah, we should be sponsored by <laughs> Pete's Coffee or Starbucks. So the, uh, and this Nick U, he was in there for two months. Wow. And, um, I was told just to go to work and keep earning a paycheck and pay that insurance. Oh, <laughs> so, my God. So I'm, and this was in Houston. And, I, of course, we would live back in College Station, which is an hour and a half, two-hour drive away. And so one weekend, I've, I was told just to stay put. And so I said, well, I'm going to go out. If I could try, if I could do something, if I was asked to do something besides just sit still, this is how hard I would try mm-hmm. at doing something. And so I went out and did an Ironman, and it took me like 17, eight, 18 hours, something, whatever, something ridiculous. I didn't know what right. I was doing. But it was, so it was inspired yeah. not so much by a desire to see if you could do an Ironman, but just all this pent-up anxiety and yeah. energy and just not and yeah. that feeling of powerlessness. Yeah, and... And every year since then, we've done it. There's one year where I skipped because I was doing Ironman Wisconsin and it happened to co-align and it was a big deal. But the, um, so now it's, it's a big charity. So we do, uh, yeah. uh, we raise money for March of Dimes and not many people do it. It's like three, four people, mm-hmm. but it's a bring your own nutrition, right. uh, self-supported solo Ironman. And now we got people that come out and do uh, small parts of it. They'll ju- just do the swim or just part of the swim. Or they'll come and do the swim and half the bike, and then they got to go to work or something like that, you know. And so, right. um, and Morgan came out last year and did the whole thing. Yeah, it was my first iron distance yeah. thing. Yeah, this so, is the way to do it, though. Yeah, I it's said, so much more. F- there's something about doing it yourself and creating your own event, and 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 really just exempting yourself from all the marketing hullabaloo. I mean, Ironman's great, and I'm I'm certainly not disparaging it at all. But but uh, you know, you are kind of participating in a gigantic marketing scheme when yeah. you do one of those races. And it's like, you could go out and do that yourself, just like you could go out and run a marathon or a 10K yeah. or, or what have you. You don't need their imprimatur or their, their stamp of approval to do it. And Yeah, Morgan and I were talking about on the way over here, like how much a cup of water costs, you know, by the time you pay the yeah. race fees and everything else, you right. know, when you could just get your own cup of water from your house. And it was fantastic so, too. Like it was an opportunity for me to like drag my family out there and Mm-hmm. I'd do something I wanted to do yeah. anyway, but I get to go out and do it with Brett. So yeah, right. I, I thought when I finished it that I was like one of the only persons ever that had done it. But then I found out um, that actually quite a few people do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll just do a self-supported solo Ironman, you know, just for kicks because they're a little ill. In the head. Well, I think it's, it's but, getting more and more when it's, you know, these races sell out in a matter of minutes or hours or days. And the, the entry fees are so exorbitant. Um, yeah, why not just so, do, try it yourself? Uh, there's a photo that we have in our family photo album that's um, of me with Kai and a baby Bjorn. And uh-huh. uh, I'm wearing headphones with a mic and recording a podcast <laughs> with him in the baby Bjorn. You know? And now he's eight All years right. old and he's a triathlete. He, uh, he does amazing. kids' triathlons. And, and uh, so, yeah, we do raise money for the March of Dimes, which helps pay for all this uh, preemie stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the medical costs were like two thousand to five thousand oh, dollars a day. Imagine. Yeah. And he was in there for two months. And so, you know, March of Dimes is helping cover this. Uh, Ronald McDonald House, which actually is a completely separate charity arm than McDonald's. Mm -hmm. They just happened to have the, they took on the name for whatever reason, but it has absolutely nothing to do with McDonald's whatsoever. It's really wild that it doesn't. But they might, uh, they must fund it. Yeah. So it's, it's the charity that McDonald's, you know, sends all their money money to, from what I understand. So, um, uh, they provide housing for people that live out of the area, which we did, mm-hmm. uh, to come stay at. So uh, Ronald McDonald House is a uh, charity that we put to. And so the way, what's really cool is we just put up a webpage, come do the, or follow now, because it's really easy to follow stuff, uh, the Iron Baby, and it's in the around the end of October. And uh, donate to these charities and just send me an email that you donated and how much you did. And then mm-hmm. we'll raise... You know, thousands of dollars. Right, so you're not even collecting the money. You're no, just saying, here's I how stay you can donate. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. ever be blamed that I took money or something. Right. Yeah. So. And so what is that, ironbaby.com or something like no, that? No, it's zentrathlon.com. Just go to your I just site. do an Iron Baby page. Right. Yeah. That's cool. And in terms of following along, how would we possibly do that? What kind of technology could um, somebody conceive of that would allow you to follow along in somebody, real time? Somebody that helps somebody sure. get followed along the Epic Five, not maybe. Not sure <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, but last year we both had um, tracking device on us. Right. So, so, it was good. so that's Morgan speaking, and he has a company called MetaBender. Yeah. And what does MetaBender do? Uh, basically, we do uh, I do a handful of different things, but most of it is uh, large-scale GPS tracking and media for these types of events like a, like the rolling road show endurance events kind of thing, big swims. Uh, the first time when I did my swim across Tahoe last year, it was the first time I had actually used it for myself and it was pretty Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. So basically you get a little, it's a timer chip kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, We did it for, uh, for Epic five and, uh, you had one, uh, uh, Ultraman Mm -hmm. and, uh, we put up a, basically a portal and run some pictures and videos through it when we can and, and follow along where you're at in near real time. Right, so essentially you can embed uh, a map on your web page with just the code that that, that you give us, uh, give whoever's using it, and then uh, your crew members or other people can upload pictures that get uploaded to that same page in real time or video. So people at home who are interested in following whoever throughout some event or race can actually feel like they're there and participate. Yeah, kind of there. And it seems to be like n- not all of the events are a great big deal, but there's definitely somebody who cares about where you're at and how you're doing of at course. any given point. So it's not even, um, uh, it's not all about like doing these huge events or anything. It's like somebody's homegrown thing. That's why it was perfect mm-hmm. for the Iron Baby and, you know, yeah. trying it out. Basically, anytime you're going out and somebody cares. Right. And you also integrate the Twitter feed. So and you can you can customize that so it's like, oh, well, any tweet that has that person's name or a certain hashtag or yep. something like that will all show up in this one feed. So it, it's like a one-stop shop. You don't have to go check four different social networks to yeah, find out what's going on. Yeah, you just drop in on the yeah. page. It's great if you're going out to raise money for charity, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing, because then you can just send them right into your portal. And it's not even, we're not even driving them to, uh, you know, one of what MetaBender's web properties. We, you know, we put it on richroll.com or we put it on zentrathlon.com. And that way you can get your, your own branding as part of whatever you're up to at that right. and give it time. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a no-brainer just for athletes that are looking, professional athletes that are looking to, you know, develop a greater relationship or connection with their audience. Like Luke McKenzie, I know you, you did yeah. it for him and, and it seems to work really well for him. And also just for race organizers. I mean, why wouldn't, some, why wouldn't a race say, 
hey, Morgan, you know, do this for us and you can do this for all the athletes and work it that way. Yeah, well, I've been working over the last uh, the last several months uh, sort of looking at how I can scale this thing to actually be to everybody on course and super cost effective. Mm-hmm. You know, because right now uh, we send somebody out on course, it costs, you know, anywhere from 40 to $60, depending on how, how right. long the whole thing's going to go. So instead of doing that, I'm trying to drive the cost down to 2 or $3 per person if mm-hmm. possible right. and get it embedded. Uh, you know, there's a huge, huge demographic that's, you know, half marathons, like the half marathon crowd is one of the right. biggest in the U S and, you know, if we can get this sort of thing out and into those things, I mean, people show up, uh, to do those and it's a big event in their lives and, you know, they've got family and friends that are coming out to watch. It'd be great to see where they are a mile by mile mm-hmm. and just see how they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, not some maybe, you know, work out how to get some media in there so you can get a, get a feel for actually how they're doing, but at least be able to see where they are on course. Right. And it's also, I mean, for the Ironmans and half Ironmans, I mean, you know, Ironman.com or the WTC is getting better at their live broadcast, but it's always pretty glitchy. And, and when you go to the athlete tracker, it takes so long for them to upload like their sort of individual split times. Like it'll literally be like maybe, you know, two hours later before they upload like their bicycle split or something like that. And, and the only way to find out you know, live, you know, contemporaneous information is to go on, is to like poke around Twitter and create a column or something like that to find out how your favorite athlete is doing or your friend. Or yeah. Whoever. And you're, you're in the dark for hours before mm-hmm. you hit the timing mats too. So you go, you'll go two or three hours before you know when somebody hit the bike turnaround mm-hmm. or whatever. So, you know, right. sort of trying to getting that down to at least mile by mile would be awesome. Yeah. There's I a think. huge, I, I think there's a huge market for that, man. I'm working on it. So. I'm working on, it. I got some new devices I'm prototyping and mm-hmm. just getting there. Yeah, I got. I have a a relationship, not really a gig, but with a race company in Texas that's really professional. They do smaller races right now, but um, I'm going to start pitching them to yeah. integrate this into their racing. You know, and they do lots of five Ks, ten Ks, half marathons, stuff like that. That's how to do it. You got to you got to start at the local level in these small races and work out your kinks and just incrementally. You're not yeah. going to be able to just step right into Ironman or something. Like, yeah, you know what I mean, event, like you got to go. Yeah, exactly. There, you never know. And who knows? I mean, there's reason why it doesn't exist already, right? And maybe I haven't stumbled over what's preventing somebody else from getting it done either. Right. Uh, but I think I've got kind of a head start uh, a little bit. I'm thinking, try, I, I assume I'm thinking about it in the right way. So, mm-hmm. so we'll if, see how it goes. If, if people want to check out like something that Morgan did for me, it's a really good example is the Tahoe Swim. Uh, Morgan set up what would you call a portal. And it's yeah. on, on zentrathlon.com. And at the top, there's a, you know, the phrase, uh, the Tahoe Swim. And you can go there and you can see a big map of the GPS points as we took took them across the lake and swimming, and then lots of photos and videos that were embedded live yep. mm-hmm. as we were doing Most it. Most all of them I took. So you go, yeah, and you go. <laughs> so I was screwing that. You go look at that, and you're like, wow, I could have that for my own rate for my own event. Like if you're going to go out and do something awesome to race, right? You know, want just want to do something on your own, or you know, maybe if you're into you're in with a racing company and you want something done it could like be, that. It could be anything. It could be like a couple buddies that are just going to go on a mountain bike weekend in Utah or something. Right. You know, it doesn't have or to just be motorcycle a motorcycle riding or across the country or something. Yeah. And there's safety reasons too. Like, you know, hey, here's where we are in case something happens too. Yeah. It's well, really cool. It's, I've, I've integrated it with Spot completely too. So if you get a Spot satellite tracker, I can just run the front end map for that and give you little media links and stuff too. Mm-hmm. And Spot's awesome because it's satellite driven. So if you get out the backwoods, it, you know, you're talking to the Keeps sky, working. not cell towers. Right, so right. it's actually function, you know, pretty functional. And when you're talking about, you know, crossing the United States or you know, doing these big swims, uh, you know, when you're out in the middle of the Sea of Cortez or something, you don't 
get cell signal. So, mm, right. you know, satellite's <laughs> the only way to fly. <laughs> right. So, Not even close. Yeah. Out there. The Sea of Cortez. Who are we talking about? Well, you did some stuff with Jamie, right? Yeah, I did. Uh, I tracked Jamie's. Uh, We're talking Sacramento, about Jamie so Patrick, Jamie. who's a mutual friend of all of ours. Who he's. I first met him because he participated in Ultraman, and then he kind of stepped into doing uh, endurance swim events, and he's done the Double Tahoe. He did the and, Double Tahoe. He swam 111 miles of the Sac River, Sacramento yeah. River, and I crewed. I crewed for that. Uh, and then last year we went out for the uh, the Tahoe 360. Which right. Is so him. explain to people what that is. So the, uh, you know, he's kind of Mr. Tahoe. He's done a, a bunch of crossings. And, uh, so he wanted to go back to the lake and, uh, swim the, uh, circumference. The, per- the perimeter the basically. Perimeter. Yeah, yeah. So it's not about going, he's gone back and f- he's gone across it and back. Right. And not very many people have done that. Has how many um, people have done a double crossing? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, th- I think him somebody and maybe else somebody else. I think, <laughs> yeah, one right. other, I think it's Nuts. one other, but yeah. they, um, and it sent him to the hospital the first time he did. Right. Yeah. yeah. But we uh, we went out there last uh, last August and uh, it it got brutal and we ended right. up pulling him out of the water at fourteen but, hours. But how many if a successful perimeter swim? How many miles is that? About sixty eight. Sixty eight. Depending right. on how how mm-hmm. how hard you hug the coastline. And, and then you think like how far is Dianaya trying to swim? Right. It's about the same. Or is it ninety? Oh, I think her hers is further. Yeah, I think it's yeah, and it's I mean it's more extreme. It's salt water and sharks, it's and definitely. Stuff, but you get an idea of what this is. This is pretty nuts. And yeah, stuff. and also yeah. it's it's cold water and altitude, and I think people really are way too dismissive of the altitude at Tahoe. Right. And I think it's going to be really interesting uh, at Ironman Lake uh, oh, Lake, Tahoe Lake Tahoe to see right. how the athletes do. And I, I my prediction is athletes that are training at altitude or the boulder athletes are going to, you know, are going to dominate that. And people who are not prepared for that are going to get destroyed because I've done the Tahoe swim and I've spent time up there and it's like, it is the, I mean, you feel, you guys know you from yeah, doing the swim. I it, mean, yeah. being in the cold water that long at high altitude made my asthma kick in, you know, mm-hmm. and there was really nothing I could do about it. And uh, I had a headache the whole time. Yeah. Like I just sort of settled into some sort it's of, a, it's a very extreme environment. Sickness. Yeah. Right, so that'll be interesting to see. So, what is Jamie doing now? I gotta have him on the show. He's too. going, yeah, yeah, you you do. Do. yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. He's going back to Tahoe this year for, so, to, for the, to, to do the three sixty to finish oh, wow. the three sixty. Uh-huh. So, you know, I'm going. I'm is planning. he getting super fat and big? Like, you gotta, you gotta be huge to those those open water endurance swimmers. Like, they gotta look like big whales. You know, yeah, they pick up they pick up a little bit of a little bit of extra to keep them warm, but. You know the uh, the last. Well, they're time not I allowed to wear. Well, it depends on the the race. Or yeah, the it depends event, on whatever they're doing. Most usually not a wetsuit. Traditional no, water yeah. swimming is no wetsuit. No, no, no. You're Jamie a puss. You're a puss if you wear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's like a built-in wetsuit if you can yeah. put on yeah, some body exactly. fat. Yeah, There's an article. Uh, I was just flying back from the East Coast the other day, and I was reading on the plane uh, outside magazine, and they had an article about open water endurance uh, swimming, and in particular this camp uh, that this guy holds every year in uh i think it's in like county cork in the uk and he gets like you know tw- i don't know 20 or 30 people out there and just puts them through this insane boot camp Training where they're program. just they're swimming in <laughs> insanely cold water every day for yeah. hours and hours and <laughs> and this guy uh who is a i think his name is his last name is bondurant who fairly successful open water swimmer went and did it and experienced it and like wrote this article about what it was like it's pretty interesting it's tough i mean it was certainly uh Certainly an eye opener for me. Yeah. What, so what was that? I mean, like for you guys to swim across Tahoe, I mean, I've, you know, I've never done that. I mean, what was that like? Well, at first, I think it totally depends on the day, right? Because I've never seen anything make something harder like weather and open water. 
Right. Right. So if, if you're off road running, you can have, um, you know, some rain and wind, you know, and that'll make it harder, but you get weather during a swim, then it gets exponentially harder, you know? So at first, uh, the day and Morgan's too, the, 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 we did it a year apart, but it was really mellow conditions. It was like swimming in a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. It was glass in the morning. It was yeah. awesome when we took off off the beach because Jamie swam at the same time Brett did and I was in a kayak in between them and it was just us. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, with a it. kayak with uh, glow sticks attached to it. Yep. You guys all <laughs> had glow sticks attached to the back of your goggles yeah. and stuff. And so started swimming at, at night under moonlight maybe or something. It was like, we started at 4 a.m. I think. It was yeah. still dark when we got going. And uh, you watch the sun come up and then you see the mountains around you have snow on them. Some of them do. And mm-hmm. uh, it was really smooth for a long time. And then in the afternoon, just, you know, a little bit of wind picks up. You get a little bit of chop. And then late in the afternoon, it started getting moderately choppy. Still, you don't know how much it's slowing you down. Right. You know, but, but you're starting to get exhausted. And then you start worrying about so deep. what time is the sun going to go you down. You can't see the bottom. So not yeah, even there's, close. There's yeah. no fish. So there's you have nothing, nothing to, to You have at. no point yeah. of reference to know blue. how fast you're going. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And then there's this optical illusion of the mountains on the side because for a long time you're swimming next to the shoreline on the east side. And this one mountain, as you pass it, the the way it grows or shrinks, something about it, it seems like you're not going anywhere. Uh-huh. So it really starts messing with your mind. Did you Jamie get, warn you of that yes, at the time? Or? He, he said, did. that mountain right there will make you want to kill yourself. He did. <laughs> yeah. And I, re- I remember asking him, like, am I going anywhere? Am I going backwards or what? Like, uh-huh. what the hell yeah. is going on? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. But, I mean, I knew that um, it was doable because I just asked Jamie what time, you know, how long it took him. And I added on several hours for myself. And it right. still seemed like, you know, like the better part of a day, but not like you know, not like 24 or 48 hours or anything mm-hmm. like that. So if, slow down a little bit and have some fun. So, right. Yeah. And How then many? Morgan and the rest of the crew ate my cookies on, on the boat. I'm never going to let them. <laughs> they go, what do you want? Like, I want some of those chocolate chip cookies. Oh, uh, we're out. <laughs> I didn't like, know they were We've members, got some raisin cookies. Eating your, yeah. Well, yeah. it was, I, we wanted to make it a little harder. You looked like you were having too much fun. Uh, yeah. How many miles? So, it's 22. 22. Right? Yeah. That's a, yeah. that's a beast of a swim, man. Yeah. That's no cool. small thing. Yeah, it was pretty nice. So when are you going to do it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like cold water. I'm not water. getting... No, I don't. No. I don't well, do we well. did it with wetsuits well. also. It I don't do bad. it. Yeah, I don't do well in cold. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. But, uh, it was cold when I got in, but by the <clears> afternoon, <throat> it was warm. Right. Like service chat. The problem is, is you can't try too hard, you know, because you'll get ex- you'll wear yourself out. Yeah. So you don't develop a lot of body heat because you're trying to play it cool, literally. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you're on the verge of it being a little bit too cold, but just right in the sweet spot right so all right so you've done all these ironmans you've been doing your podcast since the beginning well first of all we're not done talking about that i want to talk about the birth of the you know the begin the beginning of the, the my first question was how did the podcast start and then we got talking about iron baby but i assume right. that at some point that led into this idea of podcasting so uh the way the story goes is i was uh subscribed to wired magazine which is really good uh, so forward thinking of you at yeah, the time a long time ago and adam or uh What's his name? Was on the front of it. No, I can't remember. Corolla? No, not Adam Corolla. Uh, Adam Curry uh-huh. was on the front of it, and there was a, this article about podcasting. And so I started reading up on it and listened to one. And I'm on a I'm on a uh, spin bike at Gold's Gym, listening to a podcast about. And it was the only like sports, like endurance sports podcast that I could find of any kind. It wasn't even endurance sports. It was uh, windsurfing off the coast of Wales, maybe mm-hmm. in Scotland, <laughs> and. Uh, 
And it was really cool to hear somebody from the other side of the world with no agenda, just talking about what they love, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is really neat. And then, so I'm sitting there on the spin bike, just killing time, you know, training for something, you know, two, three hours on the bike. Right. <laughs> and uh, it's raining outside or whatever. And so, and I'm like, man, I could, I could do this. I wonder what I could do it about. And for, <laughs> for days, I was what like, I, I wonder about? what I could do a podcast about. <laughs> and then, uh, so I, uh, at one point I had the idea, oh, I could do it about triathlon. And then I thought, well, what am I going to talk about, about triathlon? So my first podcast was like 10 minutes, you know, mm -hmm. and then, uh, yeah, uh, I, I looked around. There was no, no other podcast about triathlon. No, I couldn't believe it. Not I a mean, single I mean, there couldn't one. have been very many podcasts about anything. There wasn't. I mean, when you went to yeah. iTunes and looked up under the different There's, categories, I mean, there, were, I there mean, was hundreds to probably, maybe a thousand or two podcasts total, like right. probably tech dominated. Mm -hmm. too. And I'm just guessing it could have been much smaller than that. News and tech. Yeah. News and tech. Way, we're talking way before iTunes. When iTunes showed up on the scene, everybody thought they screwed it up. You know, iTunes, mm -hmm. iTunes ruined it. So before yeah. iTunes, how did you even you just RSS feed? To, yeah. To and there was a directory uh, podcast pickle or something like that. Mm -hmm. And a forum that you would go on and ask people questions on how to do all this stuff. Right. And uh, Don and Drew was uh, big on the scene. And, uh, yeah, so just listening to other, and I really fell in love with, um, shows that were individual personalities, just talking about their everyday life mm -hmm. and, oh, and, um, in college station, Texas, there's, there's no, I like tech and I like, you know, endurance sports and it's hard to believe, but up until then you had to get all that stuff via radio or a TV channel mm -hmm. and yeah, it just didn't exist. Right. So all of a sudden, uh, podcast opened up the world for me all of a sudden the town went from barely survivable to i'm perfectly happy right you now because i can <clears throat> i can download whatever i want i can listen to all the tech news uh leo laporte you know and, right um twit this week in tech well that was before that but anyway so um yeah like the only tech stuff that i could get was um was it cnet did you ever watch that stuff morgan oh yeah i remember that old, yeah. old school old school yeah and so all of a sudden there was all this tech news like 24 seven and mm -hmm. I could catch up on it. Just, I could just listen to it all day long. And so, so that, yeah. so that's when it began. And, uh, yeah, so I started it really doing turned into this thing though. I mean, you know, that's yeah. how we met and, you know, I became a fan of your show and listen, right. I start, I, I fell in love with podcasts really when I kind of started, you know, getting fit again and ha was spending all this time on a bike or, or running and I just needed something else besides music to listen to. And, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, let me look at the triathlon podcast. And there you were, you know, started listening to your show. Oh, well, yeah. And so what happened was there was a whole lot of podcasts about Zen, right? And right. so, and it's fascinating. I recommend people go out and listen to this stuff because there are world-renowned Zen masters mm -hmm. <laughs> that record their talks to audiences and it'll just blow your mind, mm -hmm. their, their take on life. And so I needed that, having moved back to Texas from San Diego, back to this little town. You know, I'm really not happy with being in this little town after coming from surfing every day, you know. And, and um, the Zen stuff uh, really taught me to take a different approach to how I see life. And uh, College Station has this amazing cycling out in the countryside that you can just go out and running and like all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I was learning a lot about Zen at the same time that I was starting my podcast. So every once in a while, I'd you know, say a little bit about what I'd learned and it made for some pretty good content, you know? So um, there was a big change whenever on the, after, I don't know, maybe a few months to a year, uh, I figured out one, on one bike ride, I would record while I'm on the bike. 
And then I would, I would record the latest news in triathlon, which there's really not that much. <laughs> so, and then, more, uh, more so now and some, yeah, more now. And then some like product stuff that came out, you know, there's a new aero bottle or what, right. whatever, you know? And then, um, and I'm recording at that point, I'm recording in stereo with a mic strapped to me and you know, there's 18 wheelers like roaring by yeah. people said that they love that. That stuff. was dude. That was one of the, some I need of to the do best, that again. The best. Yeah. Best and oh, I give you a little shit about that though. Yeah. Remember that? Remember that? No, because no, I was like, I'd be listening and, and you're like trying to talk about something while you're yeah. running, you know? And yeah, like, running's hard. <sighs> yeah. So I got this new, uh, I'm going to try out this new <laughs> product. Yeah, no. some people thought it was porn. <laughs> I was like, dude, like, <laughs> mouth breathing. I got a lot of emails the from the ladies. <laughs> Spit it out, man. Uh, yeah. So, the, um, so on one bike ride, I just, and it's, it's in one of the old podcasts somewhere, I said, I was about to turn the mic off. Oh, I did. I turned the mic off because I was done. I'm leaving it on. And I'm just going to uh-huh. tell you what I think about everything. And just started talking while I was writing. And then that show was a huge hit. Right. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I'm going to keep doing this. So I'll just talk about whatever. You know? That's interesting because I think that that's an important thing that I think about a lot, which is, <clears throat> you know, you think it's the information that you're delivering, but I think it's more about your unique perspective and Mm -hmm. and you being authentic and honest to that. And it's so refreshing in contrast to typical programming or radio where it's like you're getting some canned whatever. And in podcasting, you get people the way they really are. You know, like we could sit down for an hour and a half. It's like, you can't fake that, you know, (laughs) at the end of that period of time, people are going to get a sense of who you really are. Even, you know, even if you do your best to try to affect some other personality type yeah, Vinny was asking you know he, or saying he doesn't know why his show's so popular and I'm like well one people are nothing against Vinny or any of our shows people are bored they're stuck in their cars right so mm-hmm. they and I said and you're they get to tune in and listen to somebody else living a life that's different and mm-hmm. so it's like they get to live vicariously through you and what you're doing at least temporarily and mm-hmm. you're broadcasting the best parts of your life you know so it sounds really way more interesting than it is mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> as we all know Thirty shoes. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so um but yeah, I was like, you know, you're to them, you're like a character and they get to check in every once in a while on their own schedule. Right. And he is a character. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you guys talk about? Oh, I have a list for you. Oh, yeah. oh God. Of questions he wanted me to ask you. Oh, please. That? I just had him here the other day. You could have asked me then. Yeah, but really, these, these are apparently fun. You really do have a list. Yeah. These are questions. These are questions you want me to ask you. He wanted me to that, ask you. That Vinny wants me One, to ask you. He, well, we did coaching on his podcast, how to do Rich's podcast, because he's been on your show three times. Oh, right. Yeah. And so I said, but what do how I, I do how it with do I, him is totally different than how I deal with other people. When I have other people on, I prepare. When I have Vinny on, I don't have to prepare anything. No. I just wind him up. But he said, first off, <laughs> have lots of coffee, two cups of coffee each. Yeah. To keep the beat up. Why? Because otherwise I'll let it drag. Yeah. Is that what he's trying yeah, to do? Yeah. Is that what he's really saying there? You got to hear this, this other episode. <laughs> okay. So what we did, we had coffee in your house before we got going. Yeah. Right. Okay. So then, uh, then he wanted me to ask you how you liked his book. Yeah. He wanted, (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I like his book. Great. I love his book. I I had him on the show so I could support him and what he's doing. Okay. And then, uh, how did you like the section of Vinny's book about the 508? Oh, we'll talk off camera, off, (laughs) off camera about that. And then how did you feel about the section of his book where his parents uh, died in a tragic car accident? Oh, please. <laughs> God. 
what is wrong with that guy? I'm gonna have to go back on yeah. his show now and set the set, record set straight. straight. Yeah. So no. So what's uh, what I wanted to bring up was um, uh, how you you really changed my life. So I'm gonna lay it on you. Well, let's talk about how you changed my life. First. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wait, Morgan. I'd no. like to talk about how yeah. both of you changed mine. No, I mean I was I was gonna say like I started listening to your show when I was getting interested in triathlon and I was like oh I like this guy's perspective <clears throat> because a like we just talked about, you're not trying to be someone you're not. You're just this no, is who I you failed are. At that miserably. And, uh, yeah. Well, everybody <laughs> who tries to do that fails. Yeah, I was learning that. The second thing is, uh, you know, it's you weren't coming at it like you know I'm Mr. Super Pro. You were coming at it like, hey man, I'm here with you and I'm learning too. And here's what I found out. And I used yeah. to think this, and now I think this, and we'll see how it works. I don't know how it's going to work. You weren't trying to say I have all the answers. I right? definitely you know, don't. No. And most programming you listen to, it's somebody saying, you know, here's how it's here's how it's going to be, or they're preaching to you, or they're kind of or they're lecturing, or you know, it's more kind of a one sided thing. Whereas. I felt like I was in this relationship or conversation with you where we were in it together. And I found that very appealing. And I also liked, I was very attracted to, like there were other shows, I think, at the, you know, you could listen to I Am Talk and that's very kind of like race specific and results right, and talking right. about pros and things like that, which is interesting. And I like that show, but totally different from what you were doing. And then there was a guy, I think his name, his name is uh, Dave Wharton. Do you remember his show? Yeah, it was Dave very Wharton. techie triathlon. Yeah, I, I used to listen to that one. Yeah, and he'd be it? like, was, you know, uh, he would read about studies on this and that and different training techniques, but it was mm-hmm. very technical. And, I, and with you, I was like, but I didn't know, feel like I knew who he was. You know what right. I mean? It's like with you, it's like, oh, I know this guy. And I liked the, the fact that you were bringing kind of your spiritual perspective into this in kind of a soul surfer kind of way without being heavy handed. You're like, Hey, this Zen stuff has helped me out. And you know, the Zen masters kind of say this and that helps me out when I'm going through something like this. Like you brought just enough of your own kind of personality and perspective into kind of how triathlon integrates into your life as a lifestyle, as opposed to, Hey, I'm preparing for this race to do a PR. It's like, no, this is just how I live my life on a day to day basis. Right. Yeah. And, a lot of that is the very early podcasts uh, where people just walking around with microphones and recordings, uh, what they would call soundscapes. And so there's a lot of um, just open-minded, like what they're seeing, they just talk about what they see. And then you get a lot of personal opinion when mm-hmm. they're talking about what they see, you know? And so I made sure that my show would always be one where I've got a recorder on me. And in this sport, we run into the most amazing people just left and right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'll just bust out the uh, recorder and start saying, hey, you know, what's your opinion on this or what are you doing? You know, and they'll say, oh, you know, use these wheels or, or and I'm like, why? And, and then you find out way more about the person mm-hmm. about it. And uh, so that, that yeah, that was um, Adam, one of Adam Curry's podcasts he used to do as a soundscape. He would walk through London, you know, and Central Park with a microphone on and uh-huh. describe what he was seeing. And it was just amazing. You know, that's interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and with, uh, what happened with you was the, uh, the men's health article, right. Where you were named one of the fittest guys mm-hmm. and, uh, and well, you've you done Ultraman. That? that was a while. Yeah. yeah. I think it was, yeah. I think it was 2009. Yeah. And, uh, and I had just, oh, and doing the podcasting really taught me, um, to get over a whole lot of fears, you know, and, um, contacting people just out of the blue, mm-hmm. you know, and just doing, uh, uh, sending emails to people I didn't even know and saying, and having the confidence in myself to say, Hey, I do this podcast, 
And right. uh, do you want to be on it? And uh, what I didn't know at the time, what I've learned is that, uh, especially endurance athletes, you know, we're under underpaid, you know, and underpromoted. So it's a game. I mean, like even Luke McKenzie, you know, has yeah. I mean, these people are looking for opportunities to get their name out. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's a it's more than just the race. You know, right. it's a brand and it's like all this stuff. So they're looking for opportunity or it's a message about nutrition, right? And so to help other people. And so people are looking for opportunities to um, get out there and say mm-hmm. something. And um, a lot more people than you'd think. Right. A lot more often. And so, I don't know, like four times out of five, somebody replies back and goes, yeah, I'd love to be on your show. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, and nowadays it's even easier with Skype, you know, just Skype call and get somebody right. on there. And yeah, we started doing uh, a couple of interviews with you, like before Ultraman. Mm-hmm. And what it was like, you know, and I'm fascinated with, you know, I remember asking you, like, how do you get your bike rides in? And you're like, well, I just throw my bike in the back of my car. And between right. meetings or whatever I do, I just get on my bike and ride, you know. And um, and you learn these little tidbits. And then I try, try to turn around and, and share them. And then you were the first person, and you opened up the floodgates, like the first person that I interviewed that was really into the nutrition side. Mm-hmm. And... Of course, there's photos of you and everything. And so what I did is I cut out that picture of you that's out here that was taken where you're holding one of your kids in your arm. Oh, right. Yeah, and I put it above my uh, pull-up bar. Okay. Oh, right? And so I'm cranking. Is this going to get weird? No. Yeah. Uh, Emily, Emily's like, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I knew like, it was going to get weird. No, but I'm like, I want to look like that guy. You know? So I started, you know, well, I got you on the show. Right. And uh, interviewed you. And then... Um, and then the next thing I know, you called me up and said, hey, can I come down and do the uh, training camp? Right. Yeah. yeah that's, that's where it all remember. got started. Man. I know. Yeah. It was good. Kent went down to College Station, did the camp with you, which was super fun. Yeah. And your nutrition good. advice worked. It worked fantastic. Oh, it did? Yeah. Are you still doing it? Where are you at right now? Well, not, we can get into that in a minute. Yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not vegan right now. Yeah. But I have no problem with it whatsoever. The, the Vinny's put a tractor beam on you and pulling you into his no, orbit of... He, I don't think he cares. <laughs> <laughs> how has your podcast evolved? You know, how, like, what is, like, what keeps you going and what kind of, I mean, I'm sure you get emails from people all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, Morgan's pointed out that, um, compared to the shows I used to do, I don't do as much of the, the introspective kind of stuff. I've started trying to get competitive, you know? And, um, and so the, the, uh, a lot of the content seems to be more, you know, trying to get faster and and all that other stuff. Well, you've changed as an athlete quite a bit. I've gotten faster. And, but, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to swing it back a little bit more towards uh, stuff I'm, you know, well, I learned a lot about Zen and then after a while, Zen will tell you there's not much more to learn. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there, I'm, I'm not really in the, the discovery of the concepts anymore. I've got the concepts down, but mm-hmm. now where I'm at is applying them and like how it changes your life. Right. It and, reminds me of a, uh, uh, my favorite yoga teacher. I've been to lots of different kinds of yoga classes and been exposed to different methods and teaching styles and all of that. And my favorite teacher is a teacher who doesn't teach at all, you know? And I used to think like, he's not teaching. I'm paying to go to this yoga class and he doesn't care. He couldn't care less about my alignment or he's not giving any instruction to anybody. And uh, it took me a long time to realize that he is actually, that's a very advanced perspective on the whole thing. You know what I mean? Because he's like, 
I think he's in a place where he understands in a Zen-like way, like everybody's on their own journey. And right, if they yeah. want to learn more, they will. And I'm available to them, but I'm not here to tell anyone what to do either. Exactly. Like, so there's a, yeah. there's almost like a, a deeper respect, right? even though it would appear that he's being nonchalant and, yeah, like, and shirking his, you know, his Harley. <laughs> yeah, Harley, there you go. If I try to tell somebody what to do and they don't really come to me wanting to know what to do, then it, not only are they not going to listen, it's almost borderline offensive, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the podcast is just, you know, what I'm doing, you know, mm-hmm. Morgan jokes is called the Brett show. It's the Brett show. <laughs> it's well, the Brett, it's, but it's, it's your show. Yeah. It should be the Brett show. It is yeah. the Brett show. And it's good, uh, one of the podcasts I used to listen to, like the guy that was doing it was uh, talking about his therapist told him to do it, you know, told just him to re- do a podcast. Re- yeah. Because, uh-huh. uh, you're talking about, you you have to verbalize your own issues. Right. And when you verbalize them, when you put it in the words, you're having to, you know, recognize what, well, what you're doing. What do you think Mark Maron is doing? Right. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's that's therapy. exactly what it is. Yeah. That's right. rolling therapy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've well. become such a much better self-confident and better version of myself but via podcasting because it forces you, basically, you're public speaking. But it's a very safe environment because you're public speaking by yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so... Um, and then there's no time schedule, so you can do it when you want. And uh, and then, like I'm saying, I can send emails off to people and get you know bigger and bigger guests. And then it's like this thing I'm building, and but it's all me. It's not. It's not. It's not anybody else. It's just my thing. Right. So it's it's um, podcasting. It's definitely changed my life. Yeah. So and so you've been me doing too. it now for how long? Started in December. Yeah. So this is like. 39th 40th episode something yeah. like that how you liking it yeah oh it's amazing you know it's fantastic if it was i mean i'd i'd, I'd i would just do one every day if i could you oh, know like yeah. i would you know if i could figure out a way to do that well, without being justin tv yeah. or whatever that yeah. guy is that you know who's that live blogs all the time so uh, that's yeah, a little yeah. overkill put the camera on yourself all the time you're not really helping no, no, anybody no, no. at that point you have to keep the quality high like i yeah. i think you know right now my goal is to get two a week out and if i'm not quite there i'm kind of erratic and Every week's a little bit different, but if I, I consistently, I want to get to a place where I'm putting them up like every Monday and Thursday, and I think I'd be happy. And then if I right. really could create some infrastructure around that, then maybe three, but only if like the guests are good enough. You know, it's like you don't want to do it to do it. You only want to do it if you're going to be delivering content that's right. And valuable. if you if you have a regular, I found for sure if you have a regular schedule, your your audience grows a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. because I've been terrible people, about that. People are naturally wanting to, you know, they're expect just like TV shows. Right. They're expecting a certain time. And if you're not consistent, then they go to something that is consistent, right. whether it's they better get, quality they get, or not. They know? get angry too. Yeah. Well, it becomes, it becomes part <laughs> ritual too, right? So you have your favorite podcast when you go out on your Friday night, you know, oh, yeah, I get the, you run, you I get the emails and the text of the uh, Twitter messages, you know, mm-hmm. you need to put up another show because I'm going on a bike ride on Sunday. And if I don't <laughs> right. have your podcast for my bike ride, then my life is ruined. All right. I, get, I like, joke about that all the time. <laughs> also, yeah, people get very demanding with their free content. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, uh, but I think you bring like a great voice to the podcast of fear, podcasts, podcasts, well, fear, podcast, the world of podcasting. Um, and there's been a lot of interest and kind of demand um, from the people that listen to this show to have athletes on who are kind of um, 
identifiable. You know what I mean? Like here's a guy who's just like me, you know, he's a dad and he has a normal job and mm-hmm. he's trying to do these, whether it's running marathons or Ironmans or whatever, but he's not a pro and he's not like outside of what, you know, I can relate to or yeah. what I might be capable of. Um, and you, you know, so freely share all your information. Like, here's where I went wrong. And I thought it would be great if I did it this way and it didn't work. Or, <laughs> yeah, you know, thought. here's what's really working for me. And yeah. here's where you're, you know, you might be wasting a lot of time and money. And, right. you know, what are some- I do uh, a lot of that. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, yeah. what are some of the things that, that, you know, I'd like to be able to offer that now, you know, to some people that are listening, like things you've learned and kind of common mistakes that, that the amateur triathlete or aspiring Ironman might be making. Yeah. So a lot of things I the, the things that people need to read up on is bang for your buck kind of articles. Those are really handy, you know, and you can save just as much time, more time by spending a hundred or buying a used aero helmet than you could mm-hmm. on $2,000 worth of wheels, you know? Right. And, uh, those kinds of things I've, I've, the recent thing that I've come to realize is as a, as a dad with a full-time job, you've got the kid and everything and, and a life that, um, you can get fast at half Ironmans, but to be like really fast at Ironmans is kind of a, I don't know. It just seems to be, maybe it comes it from your skill set for, you know, what you come back, come with. And, you know, as a former swimmer, that makes me fast at about one hour's worth of the race. <laughs> right. <laughs> so right. not, not as a former runner, you know, where it would really save some time, but, um, you can really, you can get really fast at a half Ironman and really enjoy it. Without it, great time. In other words, without it completely disrupting your right. Life. Yeah, right. and then um, you can go out and do Ironmans and be reasonably fast and really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, and finish happy. Yeah, that's really, interesting. And have a good time out there. Yeah, I mean, there's a big difference between completing an Ironman and like trying to be competitive at an Ironman right. in terms of the impact on your lifestyle. Right. You know what I mean? Like if your goal is just, I got to cross that finish line, I don't care mm-hmm. what time it is, that will demand a certain you know level of preparation that, that may very well, depending on who you are and what your background is, be doable in the context of a busy schedule in life but to be like you want to qualify for kona well that's a completely different conversation right. yeah it's <laughs> it crazy take many years and yeah. and you know may not ever happen and may come at the cost of you know a lot of other things in your life that you value or enjoy right so yeah. half iron man yeah it's completely i think that's the greatest thing that the wtc has done i mean the sort of advent of that that distance and all these races are up because mm-hmm. it's challenging enough where it's not like an Olympic distance. Like you, you finish one of those and you did something, you know, right. but it's not so daunting that it's going to commandeer every aspect of your life for a right. year. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of, you know, like on my show, I'll review gear and whether it's, you know, worth mm-hmm. your time or not. And, um, yeah, that, I think all the, the, like Morgan was talking about the tracking, you know, uh, websites, Devi- GPS devices where you can upload what you did and show on a map what you did. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. Because then you can share with family. Bike club now. Yeah, they're all Sons of Anarchy yeah. just went by. <laughs> but you can share with yeah. uh, family and friends at work, you know, kind of what, where you went and what you did. Yeah, I think that's money well spent because that, a big part of, in my opinion, the, su- the success equation is about community and accountability. Mm-hmm. And so money spent on tools that kind of 
affirm that or deepen your connection to that, I think are, are good. So yeah, like right. Strava and things like that where, hey, you put your ride up on Strava, like you're publicly accountable to whoever's exactly. following you. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, people notice when you don't ride. Like yeah. I've been really horrible about posting my rides there and I'm getting messages from people like, hey man, you gonna ever ride your bike again? It can yeah. it can go the other way though too because if you're, if you're supposed to go out for a zone two aerobic ride and you know you're posting on Strava and you're on a Strava segment, some hill, you know, mm-hmm. you end up like attacking it when you shouldn't, you <laughs> right. know? And suddenly you're, why am I overtraining? Right. Yeah. And, and so, uh, and back to the Zen stuff, it's like, uh, the other thing I'm really learning lately is really the most important thing to change yourself is to pay attention. If you pay attention to what you're doing, then you'll notice that you're, you're doing stuff like that. Right. If you take the moment, take a moment to slow down your brain a little bit, not slow down yourself, but slow down and take a moment, pause and go, you know, I went faster than I was supposed to. Why? Ask yourself Mm -hmm. why? And then you're like, oh, I did this. Well, then if you slow down a little bit more and then say, well, turn off the, uh, the Strava upload while I'm out here doing this kind of ride, what happens? Well, then mm-hmm. I'll actually ride the way I'm supposed to. You know? Right. So usually that stuff boils down to ego and fear, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I, I can't let anyone see that I'm, you know, not as fast as, you know, right. they're, they're going to find out that I'm actually not that good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All that kind of stuff. No, it's true. I mean, how else has, has this Zen approach? Well, well, I guess, let me say this. You know, the last two years, you know, I haven't raced, right? And it's mm-hmm. sort of, it's created this thing with me. Like, am I going to race again? When am I going to race? What am I going to race? And, and yet I'm still, I still go out and train. I'm not training with the intensity or the time commitment that I was when, like I was preparing for Ultraman in 2011, but I am getting out there. And I have this conversation with Julie all the time, which is, She's saying, you need to learn to train for the love of it. You know, this is your, right. life, your lifestyle. And I'm very goal-oriented, like that structure and, and what, am I, what am I working towards and how is what I'm doing, you know, contributing to that. Those are all kind of important to me. And it's been a process of not necessarily letting go of that, but at least for now, finding a new way to embrace this lifestyle. And a lot of it has to do with, yeah, like I'm going out to do it because this is who I am and this is what I enjoy. And and there's no other agenda to it other than that. Right. So uh, a few years ago, I posted on slowtwitch.com forum, um, which is hell on earth. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, I try to avoid it. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, Trolls. Does any, is anybody else out there not, is just training for training and not, you know, just, and I called it like a soul triathlete. I couldn't really figure out the word because there's a mm-hmm. sport, you know, soul surfing where they just go out and take photos of really right. awesome surfers. They're surfing to surf. They're surfing to surf, right? And in fact, competitive surfing is actually considered a little bit ridiculous because mm-hmm. it's the most soulful sport, soulful blah, sport there is. And so um, I'm like, well, it's soul triathlete. And immediately I got all these hate responses back wow. because they said, like somebody was like, the People like you are the worst triathletes there are. <laughs> oh, my God. Because what's happening is if you're not racing, then you're invalidating the whole reason that they're racing, right? Well, that's, that's, fear, that's fear and ego wrapped into one. Their, their whole success with themselves is that they're racing and that they're beating other people. Well, if you're not out there to beat, they don't have mm-hmm. anybody to beat, and then they can't validate themselves. Is the way I, you know, their right. responses made me wake up and go, wow, you know, the whole racing culture um really is about there's there's people some people in it to you know just to beat other people that's how they validate themselves and you don't have to race you don't have to take part in this you know you can Mm -hmm. just go out and swim bike run and as a lifestyle when i did a triathlon in um 
College Station uh, a few weeks ago that was all ages, right? And uh, Kai was in it. You know, I think they went down to like six or five years old. And you start off by going down a water slide, mm-hmm. like a big water slide. That's like that's the beginning tall. of the triathlon. Yeah, that and, sounds like an awesome into a, into like a <laughs> that's just fun. Yeah, that's into not this even big a race. pool. That's awesome. And then you swim around like the floating turtle, you know, and uh-huh. like this other stuff. And you get to the you swim a couple. They have some lane rope set up, and you swim a couple laps, and then you get out, and then you uh, oh, it was a duathlon, right? So mm-hmm. then uh, and then you run. And um, there was a granddad that was there that used to race half Ironmans and stuff. And now he, he was like 80 mm-hmm. and he was there and his daughter was racing and his granddaughter was racing. Oh, cool. And, and he was just out there just to have fun, you know, and just to be fit. Wasn't, he didn't care about what place he got or anything right. like that. And he was just beside himself to be out there with his, with his granddaughter. Right. Yeah. It was really cool. That is cool. Yeah. So that's, so the point you're making is then, is that, you know, it is this, it's, it's the journey and the lifestyle, the, the value for you. Yeah. After, for some people like myself, it, it's, and it, it hasn't stopped though. Cause it keeps changing. Like at first it was about racing. Then it was about not racing. And then as I got better, got now to be about, about racing, racing again. Yeah. And then now it's like, well, maybe not racing, you know? And what I'm learning is that's okay. Right. Like as it changes, just do, do it for the reason that you like it. And as you have more self-confidence in yourself, then you're okay with other people racing mm-hmm. and, and you not. And it's like the big thing with training rides, you know, like, uh, it's tough. Um, was it Hillary Biscay that was just on here? Mm-hmm. And she was saying the problem with going on big training rides is there's always somebody. When you got 20 people, there's a few people out there that it's either on their training plan or they can't help themselves to go out there and hammer it out. Right. And then you have trouble holding back. Mm-hmm. And then so you end up. Yeah, it's them. always a quandary. It's I mean, for, for the most part, I do all my training alone, and I enjoy that quiet time with myself. That's a big part of my personal health equation. Really, right. is how ha- is right. is carving that time out just to be alone. Um, but then, you know, in moments where I feel like I need the extra motivation or particularly in the pool, you know, it's good to be with a group, but you just have to sort of judge the scenario. Like, what am I doing here and why am I doing it? And, you know, I have, I have buddies that ride every Saturday morning. And even when I, you know, was training really, really hard, I generally would, would join them for, but I haven't done it this year and it's been a different experience, you know? Right. So, yeah. So you have a backyard pool, right? And so how do you find that plays into your swim training whenever you're doing the swim stops so is it harder to get into it than go down to the neighborhood pool where there's other people or well what? the truth is, <laughs> the truth of the matter with the pool is that it's so expensive to heat yeah. that uh it's, cold, it's cold freezing cold time. it's yeah it's way too cold to swim in most of the time so i go down the road to the the community yeah. pool yeah. uh i still end up swimming alone like i'll do my own sets by myself there right. but there are other people in the other lanes that i know you right. know so Unless certain people are in, like some of the pros come into town and they want people to swim with, so I'll go and swim with those guys. Yeah. But um, but usually it's just, it's me alone, you know? And then now it's getting, the pool's getting warm enough so I can swim in there by myself. But the thing is with that is I, as soon as I jump in, then the kids jump Probably in. Kids. It's, not, it it's hard to do become the like a workout. It's more like, yeah, it becomes like yeah. family time. And, and another thing I'm discovering is like with uh, music or listening to podcasts, right? So don't set up a rule. Like... Because I, I love listening to stuff like out on bike rides, but I remember you actually saying on one of your shows or whatever that you don't listen to anything whenever you, you bike or run. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to try that, right? Right. It was okay, you know, but, so, but it's an individual thing, right? So then I, so I went back to listening to music. But then what I realized is the thing not to do is set up a rule, you know? Right. It's is like, oh, you know, I have several Pandora stations. Some of them are upbeat, some of them are mellow, and some of them, sometimes I turn it off. Oh, when the uh, battery goes dead on my phone. <laughs> yeah. And I got nothing to listen to. I just go with that. 
you know? Yeah, I mean, I think... It's a different experience. I mean, what I was saying originally was more like, don't be dependent on your audio for your training. You know what I mean? It's sort of, it is nice to be out there by yourself and it becomes this active meditation and you have an opportunity to develop a greater connection with your environment and yourself and what's going on with you and all that kind of thing. Now, does that mean it has to be that way for every single training session? No. Like I listen to podcasts and music too, but I always try to make sure that I do some without it completely so that I experience what that's all about. And I think that we're so used to being stimulated. You know, we have to have that stimulation all the time you know it's on demand wherever we are it doesn't matter and uh and you got to turn it turn it off you know and like when you're out training that's one of the few times when you can say i'm not reachable and i'm going to be you know just with myself right yeah and i think so to so to never do that is to deprive yourself of a valuable experience right yeah so like one thing i've learned to do over the years is i get up in the morning and i turn everything off you know because usually i fall asleep listening to something (laughs) yeah so uh turn everything off and then I have a piece of paper next to me and I just sit there and the things, the thoughts that come to mind that I can't turn off, that's what I need to do today. And that has cleared my mind. Like just unbelievable. And it's a little bit different take on meditation, right? So a lot of meditation. I and mean, that's like Evernote, right? Except with the pen and paper. Yeah. That was a joke. Sorry. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but no. And, and yeah. so some people will say, you know, oh, well that's not real meditation. I'm like, well, but I'm, but the whole thing is to clear your mind of the things that are bothering you. Now right. I have a to-do list and now I can go throughout my day. And it's only a few things that just keep coming back. Well, that goes back. back to making definitions about things. What is meditation? What does it mean to be a triathlete? What is training? What is racing? And, and the consistent theme in your responses really is free yourself from those restricted definitions of things. Right. You know, and give yourself permission to do it your way. And watch yourself get yanked around by what you think you need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and make note of that. Make, you know? Give me an example of that. Um, uh, I want to do Ultraman. Why do I want to do Ultraman? You know, mm-hmm. there's this Ultraman floor. It's going to cost me $1,800. Why do I want to go do that? Why don't we do Ultra Baby? And then mm-hmm. start throwing that around and just think about it for a few days, you know? And don't uh, sit down and say, well, we're going to do it no matter what. It's like play with the idea and think about, you know, how does it, how does it make you feel to, to be considering doing something like that? Mm-hmm. And then start bouncing ideas off people like you, you know, like, okay, if I do Ultraman, what are we talking about, you know, as far as right. training and uh, somebody that knows and, um, you know, am I not uh, the ultra athlete that I want to be if I don't do an Ultraman, you know? Oh, and then yeah, if I don't ever qualify for Kona, what does that mean as a track, you know, as a track, as I get older, well, I'm learning like with Kai cause he's in the triathlon and uh, what I, my role now is to pass down to him what I know you know, about right. all kinds of stuff. Right. And uh, I grew up with my, my dad worked out of town a lot. My parents married everything, but he worked out of town a lot. And so um, I never got as much, you know, dad instruction on how cars work and all this other stuff. So right. I went out into the world on my own, not knowing anything, you know. So I'm showing Kai like how everything works right. as much as I can because it's really handy, That's you great. know. And so um, am I... Uh, Am I a triathlete that's fast or am I a triathlete that's sharing what I know with as many people as I can and making more other people fast? And the cumulative effect of that is even faster than myself ever could be. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm saving, you know, everybody a couple of minutes, 
and there's a thousand people. Then you're the fastest triathlete, fastest on Earth. guy ever, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, it's all measured impact. But it's that it's, it's that need, time. it's that need to delineate what you're doing. You know what I mean? And where does that need come from? Like, you know, people say that to me all the time. Like, oh, I, you know, can you help me? I want to qualify for Boston in the marathon, or I want to do this, or I want to do that. And my first question is always like, well, why do you want to do that? Like, what's going right. on inside of you that is driving you in that direction? You know, sometimes that's a healthy desire and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's being fueled by something that is off with that person. You right. Know what and, I mean? and you and I've noticed uh, lately because I a while ago I bugged you and then I realized when I did it what I was doing. Right. What was that? Uh, about I racing. I said, hey, man, you need to race. Right. Yeah. And you were like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't remember that. Yeah, and then. um and I said, I think, I think you're afraid. I think you're, you know, like if you go, if you oh, race I again, remember, yeah. and you you just blew it off, right? As, right. as any grown adult would. So the, uh, and then, and then afterwards I thought, wow, I'm doing this because if Rich doesn't race, then my world is turned upside down, right? <laughs> my, my view of the universe is rich, rich role races, Ultraman's. If he doesn't race Ultraman, then something's not right. Right. That's interesting. And so it's a selfish way, right? But you were also, you were making a, a, astute observations. You know what I mean? It made me go, am I afraid to race again? And I, and I, the story I tell myself is I don't like to race unless I'm r- like lining up a hundred percent. You know, that's a story right. I tell myself. And I feel strongly about that. Like I'm not the guy who's every weekend going to some race for fun. Like, mm. you know, when I line up, especially for something like Ultraman, I'm, I'm like there to, I'm there to lay it all yeah, out. Yeah, you are. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't want to line up <laughs> yeah. unless I'm, I'm ready to go, you know, well, and, and it takes so much time and energy to get to that place. And so, you know, I've often thought like, why don't I just go out and do a bunch of races? And part of it is maybe, maybe there's fear. I don't know. Like, oh, well, what does that mean if I go to a race and I don't do well? How does that serve the message that I'm trying to serve? And, you know, now my life has become a lot more about spreading this message of health to people that aren't necessarily triathletes at all. It's sort of transcended the world of triathlon. It's just, you know, people that need help with their diet and their nutrition and their fitness in general. And how do I balance my life as a triathlete or somebody who likes to be outdoors training with serving this message. And I feel like I'm in this point in time that is, it's a, it's a heightened period of time where I have an opportunity to kind of take what I'm doing to the next level and serve that message in a way that's, that's of service to other people. And if I'm out on my bike all day, that seems selfish to me. Yeah. But then what part of that is fear? You know what I mean? Like those right. are all important questions to ask yourself. Yeah. You and know? So at Ironman Texas just a couple months ago, it was so hot and I set my handlebars too low, you know, so it drove my heart rate up. So I'm out there on the run walking mm-hmm. and I've done so many Ironmans now that I don't really, it, it would have been, it would have been really nice to PR. Mm-hmm. But once I realized I wasn't going to, the first thing I did was start helping other people. And then a guy on the course is like, hey, you're Brett from Zentri, you know? Right. And so uh, he started asking me questions about, you know, what to do here and there and whatever. And I said, yeah, do this and do that. And then I started helping people. And people, it was really hot. So people passing out and stuff. So I'd go out of, off the course to go get paramedics, bring them back over to this lady, you know, 100 yards back that had passed out. You know, yeah. And I uh, was throwing up. And, and so, um, and I'm like, man, you know, this is pretty cool helping people out. You know, I'm going to finish in time. And right. so I'll, I'll try to go as fast as I can. But yeah, like another way to look at racing, like you showing up at a race is like, uh, you don't have to be there to compete. You're there. Uh, one way to look at it is motivation and like inspiration to people that are all, you know, racing. Mm-hmm. They're racing. They're at the point in their life where they need to race. Mm-hmm. And then you can just be there to 
to help him out and to be there as moral support. Yeah, you're, point the, things you're the out. catalyst that brought him out of the house yeah. to yeah. sign up, maybe. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to get back into it in the next year. Well, so. But then that lady or whatever that was on Twitter that said, you need to race, you're afraid. It was like the, the – and then when she did that, it made me, you know, think again because I'd already kind of realized it, mm-hmm. but it made me – see it again the way that what i had said to you not through twitter but just in an email just offhanded you know hey i think you ought to race again i'm like well those are two very different tones well (laughs) yeah but i was like this is your people people's if if other people don't do what they expect them to do then your world gets turned upside down as your reality you know so if rich roll is not racing then uh, there's something wrong with the world and then if what other people do, if you're dependent, if your happiness is dependent on other people doing something, then there's something wrong, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, of course. I mean, who was, I think it's uh, Wayne, Wayne, Wayne Dyer said, uh, other people's uh, opinions of you are, are not your business. You know, <laughs> Not mean? even your business. Yeah, yeah, not even your business. So, yeah. um, but still, you know, I get rattled when I get the, the occasional negative, you know, email or tweet or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, it's always curious yeah. to me too. Like somebody took out, took some time out of their day to like write a couple paragraphs to me about their negative opinion of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, wow, you expended a lot of time and energy on that. Yeah. And I'm like, what's, what is that yeah. about? I'll refund like, all your money why you pay that for ab- the podcast. Yeah. yeah you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was, I used to use yeah. that line a lot and then people quit bugging me. Right. Yeah. I mean, how do you manage that? Um, you don't give any, and you, you don't put anything. I mean, when you put that up on slow Twitch and you get a negative feedback, you seem to have a very healthy, you know, yeah, ability to kind of, of deal with that. Run away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just, yeah. uh, I've learned, you know, I'm, I'm turning 40 this summer, you know, and the older I get, the smarter I get about this kind of stuff. Right. About how to handle myself as a, as a freaking adult, you know? Yeah. And, oh, I was going to mention on the show, like, the first, another thing it's really important to do is to start admitting that we don't know what the hell we're doing. Do you know what you're doing? No, I don't you know what no I'm doing. You have no freaking clue what you're doing, do you? <laughs> right? I don't. That's why I have right. guests on my show. Right. I so have I put, it all on that, put it all on them. Once I started admitting I have no idea what I'm doing, then everything's got a hell of a lot better. Right. And you have to get to an age where that doesn't matter anymore, that mm-hmm. you have to put on this air. You're terrified growing up, you know, like you don't know what you're doing. What am I doing? You know, like I said, my dad... You know, as an engineer, he when he did teach me stuff, which he taught me a lot, you know. But when uh, I don't know how something works or you know, whatever, it drives me nuts. I have to figure out how everything works. Right. And um, so, you know, like uh, I have to know if that piano over there, you know, I need to know how that all the strings are wired. And it drives me crazy to not know how something works. So um, admitting, letting go, you know, and just being mm-hmm. like the the first way to learn how something works is to admit that you don't know. And then now you got a place to start to fill in the blanks. The most, that's some of the most powerful lessons that I've learned in my life. And I think as men were raised, you know, you're supposed to know things, you're supposed to be the yeah, authority the 50s and commercials tell, and yeah. Or what, or just, you know, yeah. sort of, um, ideas of masculinity are very wrapped up in authority. You know, right. it's, it's masculine to be an authority and to have command over, a variety of subject matters and to be able to tell people what's right from wrong and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, and so it's sort of not acceptable to raise your hand and say, I don't know how to do that. You know what I mean? It's right. like, well, I mean, maybe not, maybe saying it's not acceptable is too strong, but it's not encouraged. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, it's a sign and of so I've been, you know, in my hardest moments in my life, you know, my darkest moments, 
the only way out, the only way I was able to make it out was to finally say like, I need help. You right. know? And like, I don't want to ask for help. I want to solve it myself. I'm smart. I should be able to do this. You know, I've been given the tools and during my life to be able to solve problems. And here's a problem that I can't solve. And I'm afraid to ask for help, or I'm afraid to say, I don't know how to make this work. Can you please help me? It is not right. my instinct or my default to do that. But every time that I have done that, and kind of allowed myself to be vulnerable in that regard, that's where the magic happens. That's the opportunity for growth. Right. You know? Right. So uh, not knowing how to get out to your house out here, what do I do? I call you, right? Right. And then you have an awesome phone conversation, <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean, it's just, it's infinite. Like, it's the, that's the smallest example, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, years ago, um, they at my job, they hired a new guy to run this one division, and he was from the Army, and he said, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I yeah. thought, that's awesome. He has no idea. You know, this is before I kind of figured this out myself. Yeah. And I, just immediately I was like, this guy's taking charge in a different way. He's admitting that he doesn't have no idea what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be asking all of us, you know, for help. Right. And that is, that takes some guts. Yeah, it does. Because he's yeah. supposed to be the guy who's going to come in and say, I know how to do this job. Right. And instill, that's the way you instill yeah. confidence. And, and yet he's instilling confidence and he's instilling Trust and trust, yeah, yeah you know, trust. with the people beneath them. By and years later, after you know rounds of layoffs as the company you know grows and shrinks and stuff, he's still there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah because funny. people you know they know that they can trust him, mm-hmm. and uh, he went out and found out what he needed to know, right? Fast because he asked, right? Yeah. All right. Well, speaking about talking about stuff we 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 don't know anything about, <laughs> I got to ask you what's going on with your nutrition these days. Uh, let's see. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's re let's do a timeline here. Yeah, he'll be vegan tomorrow. Yeah, and then he'll I be know. back eating nothing but pork ribs. Heavily influenced. He's bouncing. <laughs> and then, and then he's bouncing back then between be back. Uh, my my school of thought and Vinny's school of thought, L- which li- actually are only. closer than very people close. Because I'm I've been on both sides. Don't realize it's extremely close. Mm-hmm. Very very close. There is nothing better for you than real food. And on Vinny's show, I was saying what being vegan taught me was to drop the fear of veggies. Mm-hmm. And uh, it got me, because all I was eating was veggies, it got me eating tons and tons of veggies. Right. And learned it's to love scary. them. It's scary. It's, it's scary, scary at first. <laughs> but except for like having cereal for breakfast, there's so much of America that and around the world that has meat with every meal. Mm-hmm. So there's a fear of just going without meat at lunch. Yeah. You know? You'll see some people, like there's, there's no, oh my God, there was no meat on my dinner plate. That's really weird. Right, you know? like, uh, and I was gonna, telling Vinny, make like, it make it through the night. I was telling Vinny, I can go vegan for days and days and days. You know, it doesn't bother me one bit, mm-hmm. and it's actually I like it. You know, that I can do that. It's mm-hmm. really nice. So, um, I went. Uh, it's been like two years ago or three years ago. I went raw vegan for a while because I got sucked into all that. Right? How, who influenced you? That oh, wasn't me. No, no, no. Like, it was that crazy guy on uh, YouTube. Oh, the oh, life, life, life regenerator. Yeah. Regenerator. he's a, he's an interview yeah, on one of my yeah. shows. Like, yeah, I know you interviewed him. Yeah. So, um, so, and for that, people that don't know, he's got, this is a guy with a YouTube channel and, uh, he's basically for, he puts up tons and tons of videos and they're all like about, he's got crazy good energy. He would turn on the Vitamix blender <laughs> and make a smoothie outside of his RV. He's standing in front of colony. his RV in yeah. some campground. No, it was a nudist colony for a oh, while was, and a, new, <laughs> a naked guy would roll by on his golf cart <laughs> yeah. and be like, Hey, what's up? I could yeah. see why you were so influenced by him to <laughs> adopt this good role model. Right? Yeah. Like what are we, what, what was going on that well, you were finding this so attractive? So what, what I found eating that way was the volume of fiber was just so much that mm-hmm. with raw vegan right that as an endurance athlete i don't you know i don't know anything any other lifestyle lately since i've been trying to eat a whole lot healthier so as an endurance athlete like you can't 
that that amount of fiber like really locks you down right Right. (laughs) it takes up space in your stomach for other calories and you need a lot of calories training and as you and i've talked about not as much calories as you as once you do it for a while you know Mm -hmm. the volume of calories really isn't what people think it is as your body gets more efficient Mm -hmm. but um so i was struggling with that and then there is really now there is i think in the past well it depends on who i've been hanging out with i guess it might be influencing my viewpoint on it but um you know, the, the stupid question, like, where do you get your protein? <laughs> which I thought was hilarious when you had that guy on. What did he ask you about? Which um, which guy? Uh, just another, you know, just awesome nutrition guy. And, uh-huh. uh, he was interviewing you. It was the guy from Australia that was oh, the host. Oh, Osher? Yeah, yeah. Like, my, my first question for you, where do you get your protein? Right, you two yeah. just died laughing. So, um, but honestly, you know, you do need protein. So I didn't know anything about, like, you know, where, you know, peanut butter or, or mm-hmm. like, black beans, you know, and all kinds of stuff like that. You know, I was just dumb about it and so um i was uh i was raw vegan and vegan for like a year and change mm-hmm. and got lean but i was like uh and i had some of my best race results ever doing that and felt fantastic my vision got more clear mm-hmm. um people say that a lot like oh i can see better yeah you know? yeah it was really weird I, and i know for a fact because i went to the eye doctor and he said your vision's gotten better yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not me just making yeah. that up you know so the um so uh, but I think the the amount of fiber and not quite enough protein was leading me to to have not enough um, energy, right? Mm-hmm. As no fault of a vegan diet by any means. And um, so then, of course, you know, what do you do? You start uh, that ham sandwich. You know, the other, oh, stupid. right, yeah. yeah so, um, but anyway, um, so right now I'm, I'm eating meat and some dairy or whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm not what I learned by being vegan taught me so much. You know, I was able to sit there with Vinny and eat a, you know, some meat on a salad, which mm-hmm. I never would have done years ago, you mm-hmm. know, with lots of bell peppers and, you know, all kinds of carrots and stuff like, and enjoy it, like really enjoy it and then feel that, you know, and then, uh, come in your house and Julie making us or giving us a slice of, um, that raw vegan pie. Yeah, it was so that was good. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm able stuff. to enjoy that without thinking that that's weird or anything. Right. You know, and I loved it. It was really great. So I eat, I eat a mix of raw vegan, vegan, and then throw on some meat kind of here and there. And mm-hmm. I, but the other thing is I'm not attached to, to eat, you know, I'm not, I don't try right. to identify. All that Zen training has, it becomes so dogmatic yeah. and, uh, and, if I say I'm one way, I've painted myself in a corner right. for the rest you, of my you, life. You're so quick to... And then I'm create, wrong once create, I figure out I can't do it. You create know? a label around it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and then you're backed into a corner. I'm, I mean, you know, I'm stuck with what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it works great for me. I'm not in, you know, like I love it. You know, yeah. and I, it's, I continue to feel amazing. But it's also important for me to remain open-minded and go, hey, you know... You need to, as a as a human being, you have to right. pay attention to who you know how you're feeling and be open to other ideas and not close yourself off just because you've decided that this is what you do and and have created you know for better or worse like an identity around it. And something else I'm realizing is. Um, the whole thing, everybody's a little bit different, right? So one diet that may work for somebody may not work for everybody else. And you can really see an example of that where people, people's emotional leanings, you know, people that are mellow, people that are high strong, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. That's, uh, that's because of the chemicals that are in their body and they react differently to different things. There's people that are gluten intolerant. There's people that are fine with it. People mm-hmm. that are lactose tolerant. people that are fine with it, you know? 
And to, you know, say that one thing works for everybody, really what you need to do is, is what's so awesome nowadays is we have, you know, so much information about if you were to eat vegan, how to do it, you know, in a healthy way, give it a try. Mm-hmm. It may be the best thing you've ever done for your life. Right. And but, but I think what you're saying is people have to uh, take personal responsibility for that. Well, pay and, attention. And, yeah. And, and then and say, do the experimentation. Why am I eating meat? Yeah. You know, am I doing it for fuel or am I just doing it because that's what somebody put in front of me? Mm-hmm. You know? Am I doing it because I like the taste well, of it? Well, that's mindfulness, being mindful yeah. of, of the choices that you're making and what's behind those choices. Right. And, and, if you, and where you're just passive, passively doing something because that's the way you've always done it. Right. So always question, you know, why you're doing what you're doing. And um, yeah, you know, I hang around you. I eat vegan. <laughs> well, I hang around Vinny. That's what's I, for yeah, but if you, you shouldn't, you meat, shouldn't yeah. yeah, but you shouldn't do that because you're around me. You should do it because no, you have your own personal barometer about what's right for you. Right. Well, and I've, but paying attention, I realize mm-hmm. that I just kind of chameleon around or whatever I'm around, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's a really big thing for people. You need to hang around good influences. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, neither if, you, if, if are you are easily influenced, garbage. Mm-hmm. so, you know, you pick one side or the other, you yeah. still end up out on top, no matter what. Are you easily, for you. are you easily influenced? If you are, hang around good influences, mm-hmm. you know, and if, if it doesn't seem to bother you, then and you can do matter. your own thing. Yeah. 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 So, are you easily influenced? Totally. All right, then. You, you, by the time you walk out of here, you're going to be a full vegan again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to show me some horrible video. Yeah. Of how else? There's a shed in the Vegetables back. dying. How, how else has... I, I'm really interested in this, in Zen and, and mindfulness. I mean, how else has that influenced not just your training and your racing, but your family life, how you approach being a husband and a father? Um. You know, spending the most amount of my time, you know, with Emily and Kai, I've watched, they're not trained in it. And I barely say that I'm trained and I just listen to podcasts. <laughs> but, no, but you're interested but in it and you, I've you've studied sort of, it. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're attracted to these principles that you've yeah. tried to incorporate into your life. It has really opened my eyes because they're not anywhere near as paying attention to this kind of stuff that I am. And Emily, I think, probably doesn't need to because she's just generally a better person in the first place. Right. <laughs> she doesn't need the work, you know. She's a hospice nurse, you know. She's out taking care of everybody. Right. So, the, um, but watching uh, others around you get, you know, pulled around by right. a change in the weather or mm. whatever. We got, we're being bombarded by yeah. airplanes and motorcycles at the same time. But anyway, so, um, a Porsche that just went by, I think. The, uh, uh, watching Kai get upset you know, over a cartoon not being on because it's being preempted by something else. And just watch how people get really attached to things. And um, at work, we had to change offices. I got moved from one part of the building to the other. And I thought, hmm, well, change is change. You know, let's mm-hmm. do it. And and watching other people just come unglued, you know, right. over a space that's not really theirs in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, you're working for somebody else. It's their building. Right. <laughs> you're just there. Well, it begs, yeah. it begs the, the, the larger question of how we're so quick to judge scenarios we want to label them as good or bad or this is terrible or this right. is the best thing ever and we're dealing with such a minute amount of information when we make that snap judgment contemporaneous with the event occurring <laughs> you know yeah. like only time will tell sometimes it takes years to realize oh that thing i thought was the worst thing ever was actually like awesome yeah you know? and yeah, totally. and usually when i when i judge things as being bad or negative prematurely they, it, they always turn out to be you know good in the long run like lessons yeah. that you know 
sort of set me in a direction that I wouldn't have chosen for myself, but ultimately were in my best interest. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and like, you're really lucky to have uh, Julia around. She's like this Oracle that speaks wisdom, you know, and yeah, sometimes and it's frustrating. I know. Like, well, you need it. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I, I can need, tell. I need, need it. it. Yeah, I do need She's it. She's like, well, we don't get the tour here, you know, cause we don't want the TV. And you're like, I need the TV. And I'm like, <laughs> if you need it that bad, maybe you need somebody she's to take right, it away yeah, for a little while. She's generally yeah. right, but it comes, uh, it, you know, it's, 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 but what she does is she's always challenging me, you know, right. like in that, like, and I don't, you know, sometimes my inner voice isn't, you know, I, w- I wish that it was always challenging me mm-hmm. in that way, but she'll be the, the, the one who's like, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't do it that way. Right. You know, and like, uh, so people know, listening to my show that I'm training Emily for her first half Ironman. Mm-hmm. So I have to be really careful. I've, I've learned not to dump all my issues onto her, you know? Right. And uh, Kai is, is becoming a triathlete. But I'm not pushing him that way. You know, if he wants to be, you know, we signed him up a couple years late for swimming on purpose. You know, mm-hmm. he's not playing soccer this year. You know, we're, we're like, uh, you know, do what you want to do and um, don't dump your own personal issues on whether or not you became a pro triathlete or not or a pro swimmer or, you know, the Olympics on your kid because your kid mm-hmm. may not be into it at all. You mm-hmm. know, and when you two guys with multiple kids, you know, I've only got the one. So I only get I don't I can't really tell like they are different. You know, oh, each man. little, each yeah. kid. Oh, yeah, they come out, they come, and and you realize how little it has to do with you. Right. You know, like they're just wired differently. Yeah, you but know, you see some parenting where people try to make the kids into what they never were, you know? Right. And push them so hard. And so it's really mm-hmm. interesting to watch myself hold back from that. Yeah. You know, and just let him be himself and, you know, just work with what I got or yeah. what he's got. I think that's good. You know, I mean, I think it's, as a parent, it's your job to, you know, guide them and to expose them to lots of different things, but then it's their job to let you know what they gravitate towards. And then right. as a parent, it's your job to support them in the thing that they right. show yeah. show interest in. You know right. what I mean? I mean, I think, I think the greatest gift, you know, and I, I didn't really have, well, I, I guess I did with swimming because I love that, but, but is to help a kid learn who he or she is and f- help them kind of unlock and find something they're passionate about and then to support that. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, on the sports side of that, my parents threw me and my brother into all kinds of sports. And by the time we hit high school, we were on three different kinds of you know sports, you know, basketball, mm-hmm. soccer, swimming, whatever. And then uh, came down to picking up, you know, one sport because, you know, in high school, it starts getting to take up more of your time. So you got to pick one. Just pick the mm-hmm. one you're best at or mm-hmm. the one you want to do the most. The one you want, I think, is yeah. more important. And uh, so I just did did that, you know, and then move on. And then, um, but then, you know, after high school and college, it's like, well, I've done all kinds of sports. I could just do anything. It was a really good gift for my mm-hmm. parents to to put me through all kinds of different stuff. By the time, yeah, by the time I was 18, I'd done a million different kinds of sports. Right. Yeah. Cool. And uh, yeah, what you're doing with your kids with all the music stuff is awesome. Well, that's what they love. You know what I mean? Tyler picked up a guitar when he was six or seven and it was like, all right, there you go. You know, like that's what it's going to (laughs) be. You know what I mean? And like, so now he's 18 and we've turned our garage into a studio and he's recording constantly. And he just went out to Nashville with his brother to record demos with Julie's brother, who's the guitarist in the Wallflowers. He's got all the studio equipment and cool stuff and friends that, you know, sat in with them and played and, and, uh, it's fun to watch. And, and, you know, my job is to be supportive of that. And it's, right. and it, and it creates 
interesting scenarios as a parent because then you know the fear is oh my god he's choosing this life as a musician like what's my is you know you want your kid to have choices and you want them to have a, a happy life and you want them to be safe and secure and mm-hmm. that's not exactly a secure path you know no, maybe. it's frightening but it neither be being a programmer right well, well you gotta, yeah you gotta, sort of like <laughs> you got to realize that you know yeah. up to this point you've given them a good path to follow and that they have to make decisions based of on course. what you've shown them and and, and i will continue to this is what i mean i couldn't dissuade him from his path you know if i used every ounce of energy right. that i have so yeah. why would i fight it you know so it's like i'm 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 his biggest fan 100% and julie yeah. and i are going to do whatever we can to help them find their way in you know this world that is you know, in peril, you know, it's a, it's a challenging world, you yeah. know? So, uh, but, um, but it's cool too. You know, yeah. it's cool that like when I was a kid, I loved swimming. That was what I loved, but that has a, you know, at least I thought that had an end date on it. And then what do you do with your life? Right. I've discovered it again later in life and I found a way to incorporate it into my life. But like, what if I, what if the thing that I fallen in love with as a young child wasn't swimming, but was something I could pursue professionally for my whole life. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what, what would your life look like if you had spent the time to kind of unlock that part of yourself and find that then rather than graduate from college and go, I don't know what I want to do. Right. You and, know what I mean? Yeah. But the, you know, the risk of going into, and it's again, you know, you don't know. So it's a, it's really not important to mm-hmm. worry about it too much, but you know, uh, with professional sports an injury, that's your paycheck. You're, you're out, yeah. you know, yeah. and there's people that train themselves into the ground, um, eating disorders and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, they have to give up and even like the most successful female triathlete, you know, so many years and she's out, you know, right. Because you can burn up doing this stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know, there's kind of an angle where taking it as an age grouper from afar or like doing these like Ultraman where there really aren't, there isn't a pro category, you know, no, <laughs> it's like no such thing. Yeah. It's kind of like you can come at it from a better perspective where it's not so competitive. Right. And you could go at it at your own speed and grow gradually, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So, Hey, like you said at the top of the show, I don't know anything. I do not know yeah. anything. <laughs> and the more you, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know anything. That's for sure. Yeah. What about but Morgan sitting over there quiet? Cause he, Morgan he thinks he knows, he knows just, everything. He does know everything. Soaking it in. Yeah. He's like got all the so answers bizarre. already. I, know. I have them all in my, uh, I got another piece of paper like that has all the answers on it. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Good. Well, maybe you'll let me see that. Is it this? Did Vinny write them down for you? No, no, no. It's my own handwriting. <laughs> I got it all in control. All right. <laughs> cool. Well, I can't believe you guys didn't bring your running shoes because all I want to do is take you down the road here to a little trail. That I know. And I thought gonna, of that yesterday. I've got a couple pairs. I might just have to force you into it. Okay. Yeah, that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to run in my shorts. I'm wearing cotton. So you guys wear, I'm wearing like, cotton undershorts. Yeah. You are. Well, I got, That's good no, I got running shorts for you. Nelly on the way yeah. home. So what's na- what are you getting ready for right now? You training for anything? Oh important? yeah, there's something really cool. Um, the big race is the SOS Triathlon uh-huh. in upstate New York, New Paltz. Yeah, that's cool. Explain, explain, really explain tell homegrown. people what that's all about. So the, if if I had my my S together, I would have gotten it together to do that with you're you. You're invited. I you think know? anytime you want to come love, to it. It sounds like a really fun. The guy, race. one of the guys that's you know in the in the scene, you know, mm-hmm. makes it happen. It's huge fan of yours. Oh cool. Yeah, you can you can go anytime. I bet. So tell I can't people, speak for him. But tell, people, sure. <laughs> uh, tell people what the race is. So there's this guy, uh, gosh, I wonder how old he is, um, and uh, training for Kona years and years ago, like 20-something years ago. He used to go out his back door and do this uh, totally trespassing, bushwhacking, crazy training day. Mm-hmm. And he would bike uh, about 30 miles uphill. It starts off kind of rolling uphill, and then he goes up in the 
backyard mountain territory of this um of this resort that's like something out of dirty dancing you know mm-hmm. and uh i think it's probably what dirty dancing was based on you know that Poconos. type yeah it's crazy and so it's in the shawlin they say shawlin monks or something like that. Shaolin you have to live monks. there to, to be able to the say shaolin it. monks yeah the shaolin monks and uh shawlin gunks anyway so um after going uphill the last eight miles you know up the side of a mountain you end up on the mountaintop and it's a ridge line and you run from point to point, right? It's a, it's a mm-hmm. point to point race. So you start on one end and then you run, uh, and then it ends up being seven stages alternating between running and swimming. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's the coolest thing. Right. So you run. You, so, so when you swim, when you hit the water, you run into the water. This is what I figured with out with your shoes on, with the shoes on. And then as your waist chest deep, so right about there, you take your shoes off, jam them in the back of your your uh, tri shorts and just start hauling ass to the other side of the lake. Right. Right. And you do that alternating run, swim, uh, three times, three different times. Mm -hmm. So bike, run, swim, run, swim, run, swim, and then run. Right. And the last run is only half a mile, but it goes up like, I don't know, like 800 feet or something nuts like that to a peak, a mountaintop. And when you finish, it's kind of like the Norseman. They call it the Norseman of, 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 of America. Yeah. So, (laughs) Because uh, it's, it's it's equivalent of a half Ironman. But uh-huh. you um, once you finish, you got to walk back down. <laughs> oh, wow. So, and you're just, you've got to be on the rivet the whole time. If you're going uphill like uphill. that and changing, yeah. changing it up so much, you're just, yeah. your heart has got to be through the roof the entire race. So it ends up being 30 miles of biking, 20 miles of running. Uh-huh. And then uh, whatever the change is, it's like 55 miles total of swimming. So um, it is crazy. And so you come out of the water, kind of like the swamp thing, you know, or like a mm-hmm. Navy SEAL, you know, you come out right. with you your running your gear, shoes back put on. your shoes on and just keep running. Right. And so they only allow like a hundred and change people in. Uh-huh. It sells out like instantly. Right. And now I want, now, now I'm pissed that I didn't like. <laughs> sells out <laughs> instantly. Like there's people outside the race director's house with their registration papers in oh, hand, wow. trying to put it in his hand at midnight mm-hmm. when it opens up. And then, um, uh, yeah, like, uh, it's through like, it's trail running, but it's not like severe trails. It's like carriage trails. So mm-hmm. it's groomed trails that they, mm-hmm. people cross country or, uh, yeah, cross country ski in the mm-hmm. winter. So it's totally doable. The views you're on a mountaintop, you can see four States from the top. Wow. And, uh, and then it's really homegrown because it's all based around this one guy's training day for Kona, you know, forever ago. That's cool. I love that, man. I like because yeah. it has a story to it. Oh, it's know? awesome. It's the most it's the most amazing. And race I like races done. where the terrain dictates the distances. Like you, you know, yeah. oh well, like we're gonna have an Ironman or a half Ironman in this city, and then you like you have the the distances are preset, and yeah. you're trying to lay that on top of a topography, but. You know, let the topography tell you what the race is. You know, right, I mean, that's kind of how Ultraman started. The, I love how the how each swim starts off. You know, you're running through woods, so you can't really see very far, but you start noticing that you're going downhill, and then through the trees, you start to see a little bit of blue, right? And you're mm-hmm. running downhill, and then you might, after a while, you might hear some splashing, you know, and then you mm-hmm. you come around. A, oh, so when you start hearing that, oh, and I write the uh, race dis- the run distances on my arm in a uh, mm-hmm. permanent marker, so I know. How far you? Have How to go far forward. I'm going until I hit water, right? So you come around a corner, and while when you start noticing that you're getting close to water and that you're about to swim, you while you're running, you put on your swim you cap. Your and I ran the whole thing, even the bike. I kept my goggles on around my neck, uh-huh. right? <laughs> and then you just run, just storming into the water. It's the craziest That's thing. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, coming out the same. You got to carry your your water. You got to carry your shoes with you the whole way. Mm-hmm. 
The only other race I've heard of that sounds anything similar to that is the race in, I think it's in Sweden that Jonas Kolting does. Mm-hmm. He's done it a bunch of times and you do it um, in pairs as a team. All oh, the swim, run, swim, Yeah, run, you swim, just basically, yeah. you're yeah. swimming across these fjords and across you these islands. You got to carry your wetsuit the whole way. Yeah, you, you're in a wetsuit. So you, you kind of just pull your wetsuit down and you're running yeah. in half a wetsuit and you put your shoes, I think, in like a plastic bag behind you and let it dangle. Yeah. This guy, this race is so authentic that this was, he was trespassing and doing this, <laughs> that one of the swims, you come around the corner and you go running through this very narrow trail. It's like the only section that has a narrow trail. Some guy's private street. property. And or... there's, there's a split rail fence that you have to either go over or under because they've never moved the fence. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. It's a real, a real split rail fence and you go over it and it's like a 10 foot drop right into the water. Right. Oh, there. wow. Yeah. Cool. So, so when is that? Um, early September. So we're doing. I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing a sprint triathlon in my hometown. Just a sprint mm-hmm. um, uh, next weekend, uh, and it's just on campus at Texas A&M. Yeah, and then that's just for fun. And then this one, the SOS, and then the Iron Baby in the fall. But we're. I wanted to maybe not here, but you know, start peppering you for ideas about doing either an Ultra Baby. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, where we do. I know you guys have talked about like maybe doing doing one yeah. in California. Yeah, like a self support self supported you know Ultraman. Right, and then um, maybe do it because like it sounds doable, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> right, first person to admit. <laughs> and uh, I'm, uh, but I know a couple. Yeah, I know a couple of people that might That's have right. done something yeah. like that. Well, uh, also, I think it would be cool to to do it. Like we were talking about, like let the let the lay of the land tell you what the distances are, the stages are, and if you could do it like from L.A. to San Francisco, like it's about that's about the distance, isn't it? I mean, how many miles? It's three hundred twenty miles. Yeah, like it's that. Like I mean, that. it's about right, right? Right. Like, do it where it's a point to point, and it's like an adventure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You hear about all these uh, crazy super ultra endurance things, like the Deca Ironman, and the you know doing. I don't know. Yeah, like ten, I don't know these crazy track. super. Yeah, and they're going around like a four, like a half mile loop Just for like the, the whole distance. thing for like like you know days and days and days and days. Fine, and I'm like, no, no. oh, it sounds like you know, basically sounds like a bullet train to the mental institution. Yeah. If you're an outdoorsy you know, like, person, that yeah. doesn't really work for you, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we could we were talking about um, Morgan and I just never got our act together, but we were going to do you know come here and. Swim somewhere. Swim we, somewhere. We joked about swimming in your pool. You got to swim in the ocean, yeah. man. Right. Yeah. Well, and then you know? doing the swim and then biking to, L, to biking from L.A. to San Diego, uh, you know, like a longer route. Right. Take it out in the mountains or something. And then uh, and then running around San Diego for mm-hmm. a double marathon and then calling it the, the Ultra Baby or something like yeah. that. So I don't know. Yeah. The Morgan's going yeah. to be right. Now like, you're going to be like after like saying that. it publicly on the, on the podcast. Oh, it's definitely, we're going to do it at some point. So. We're trying to figure out how. And so this Ultraman um, Florida came up mm-hmm. and Emily wants to take Kai to Disneyland before he gets too old. Right. Disney World. Disney World? Disney World. Disney World. So, um, uh, so might go do that, but I don't really know. Then you're, right. Uh, I'm all in on that, you know, but cool. then I'm, dri- I'm driving across the country and paying a big entry fee to go do a race when I could do it myself. Right. You know? But yeah. I do like the Ultraman, and it's uh, who's who's running it? Um, Consuela Lively. Consuela, Consuela Lively. It's yeah, a pretty awesome cool. lady. So yeah. like I'm yeah. supporting that, you know. So if, mm-hmm. if I can bring more attention to that, you know. But I think they're going to nice and out. warm and flat. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It so. won't it won't sell out in minutes or hours. I would, right. You know, I would imagine it'll eventually sell out. When it when is that one? They do it in like February. Yeah, that's yeah, what that's I thought. Early right. Of the year, last I looked. Yeah. What about you, Morgan? Uh, so I've got a, got a 10 mile swim in, uh, late September. I did it last year coming out mm-hmm. of Tahoe. It was a lot of fun. 
uh, and then I uh, signed up for the uh, Oceanside half, oh, half Ironman again. Right. I decided I'm, uh, I'm done finishing. I wanted to actually show up and try and hurt my age. So you're going to be uh, spending a lot of time on the trainer during the winter. It's a good winter example months. of somebody that's decided they want to race, you know, right. yeah, and I mean, needs I, to race to up their game a little bit, to yeah, challenge I've themselves. I've showed up, you know, I've showed up, I've done a few things over the years, but not a lot. I haven't really committed to it, but you know, I finally got to a point after last year, I sort of saw a little bit what I was capable of and I'm like, well, why don't I just put my mind to it a little bit and see what happens? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could be awesome. Maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. We'll I find mean, out. You, know, you, know, yeah. you gotta, you know, you gotta get out of the comfort zone. Once right. in a while, you know, say, shake it up. Exactly. That goes for me too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What are you doing next? I don't know. You got, I'm doing you got ideas though, don't you? Well, I mean, you know, like we were saying before, it's like my, I wake up every day thinking, how can I serve this message? Not like, how can right. I get faster as a triathlete? And yeah. that's sort of become more paramount and more important to me. And all that energy and enthusiasm that I had for pushing my body or having that kind of personal experience has been, has been, um, transplanted by like how can i help the most number of people right you know? and that's been informed by a number of things and and so that's kind of where i'm at right now and so i'm traveling a lot you know like right. i'm going to be going like i'm going to be on the road like september i think i'm only here like a couple days and i'm literally in a different city and it's great it's what i want you know i want to go out i want to see people i want to talk to people i want to you know help people improve their lives and that's that's really that's my ultraman now. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, I do want to find time to continue to race and I love it. And that's, that's honoring what got me to this place too. And that, yeah. that needs to have a place in my life. So for me, the, the challenge is how do I balance all of these things? Right. You know, you and I did wildflower the same year. Oh, we did. Yeah. yeah. You probably finished though. I finished. Yeah. <laughs> I have two claims to fame. Maybe I, I need I to go back you, to that race first. I beat you in a half yeah. Ironman. <laughs> and yeah. I beat Rich Roller at half Ironman. And then also, um, I did uh, the same half Ironman in Galveston that Lance did. Oh, you did and that one. My yeah. split on the last mile was faster than Lance Armstrong. Oh, it was. But oh, yeah, he was go. walking and like shaking hands. Right. But I've still, I need a t-shirt that says, I beat Lance Armstrong. In the last mile. It, of and then Galveston in like fine half. print below in the last right. mile of, <laughs> right. on a split. Yeah, no, I think the, um, you know, like fitting with your schedule because you're always on the road and stuff mm-hmm. and biking's kind of hard. That, yeah, and I know more, you're looking at, more running. at running, that the ultra, you showing up, at an Ultraman, or not an Ultraman, a um, ultra marathon, mm-hmm. you know, and just out there, they're so not competitive. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm going to do. Like, yeah. there's a in in August, there's the Bulldog 50K. It's right down the street here. That's where I was going to take you on. And um, you know, I thought about doing that, and then I missed a bunch of training because of travel. And you know, yeah. it's like I'm trying to get a schedule that is functional for what I'm doing. I, and I'm going to go crew Badwater in ten days or whatever. The, so I'll I'll probably be all inspired after. Either that or I'm going to die. Yeah, you'll either be dead or ready to do it. It is so cool when I go out and do races, uh, the number of people that say, hey, Brett, Zentri. I even even wrecked on the SOS last year Uh because somebody yelled my name and I looked up and crashed. (laughs) So don't do that. (laughs) So, uh, but... um, the the feeling that gives you that you're helping that many people you know and then the an ultra marathon is so low pressure you're just out there enjoying the mm-hmm. day anyway you can't go harder than than right. easy right right that i think the um you being there and just enjoying yourself and having a nice day and showing that you don't have to race that you can actually just be healthy happy you know vegan and having a good time and mm-hmm. and, and and what you eat you know and the pace that you run and how much you trained and what you're able to do would really 
like uh, taking that approach is a different way of looking yeah, at it. Yeah, that's definitely hard. out of my comfort zone. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that, not that, racing, that like makes me, gives me anxiety just hearing you say yeah. that because but the it's number like, of people I, that would try to run with you, you would be like Carnazis, like, uh, you know, the swarm of people that follows them everywhere. Well, I mean, you know, for me, my comfort zone is preparing, doing everything I can. So when I line up on the starting line, I know that I've done absolutely everything to prepare for uh, that race. I'm that and way so, too. And so to, to show up at a race half cocked, you know, is like, yeah. that makes me, that's, that's outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. Like that's not something I'm used to doing. You just do it like B, yeah. B race, C race, you know, right. just train and run. We'll see. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's making them nervous right now. Like, I know. I told you. I'm sweating already. It's hot enough in here. All right, man, let's wrap this up. All We've right. been going for a while. Cool. So, uh, Zen try. Brett uh-huh. Blankner. Zen Trap. You started this whole, you, you, you know, you started this whole podcasting thing. This whole everybody. genre. I know. Yeah. yeah. You have full credit. Thanks, man. And, uh, yeah. people, you should definitely, uh, dial him up on Twitter. He's at Zen Triathlon. Uh-huh. And, uh, the website is zentriathlon.com. And yeah. that's where you can find the web, the, uh, the website. You can find, uh, his podcast, Zen Triathlon. Zen, is it Zen, Zen, in the the art, Zen in the Art of Triathlon? Yeah. Which is also, of course, on iTunes and all, all anywhere else that you find Just podcasts. Google it. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Morgan is M. Christian on Twitter. Yes. I am. Yes. And Meta Bender. Metabender.com and also uh, realtimeathlete.com, which oh, okay. is going to be a subtle rebrand for the future. Uh, I've got a couple of things going on over there that are kind of cool. A little training tool that's up there where you can uh, virtually ride around the globe. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's yeah. Neat. Definitely. And I, I wanted to give big thanks to, uh, now that I'm thinking of it, Morgan is the one that's driving me around. So I wouldn't be on these different podcasts up here in LA I'm, if it wasn't for Morgan, I'm you know, posse, you, you know, are. chauffeuring <laughs> me around. So, so thanks a lot, man. I'm the right. Okay, no Morgan. problem. This yeah. is fun. Well, had you yeah. called me before Vinny, maybe I would have driven down to you. <laughs> You're always on the road now. I don't know where now you I'm are. Gonna get, I'm going to give you a list of questions for Vinny now. Okay, I'll do that. You know, yeah. when we're finished here. <laughs> all right, I love man. it. I'll be right in the middle of it all. <laughs> yeah. Let's go down for a little sunset run. If I can find some extra shoes for you guys, what do you think? Okay. Yeah. yeah let's all right, do cool. It. All right. Thanks, you guys, for coming by. Awesome, man. All right. Peace. Did we do this? Peace. <laughs> we did. We did it. You feel okay? Yeah. We do did you it, feel right? okay. Let's do a Mark Marin right now. It's like a recap. Feel yeah. good? Are we good? Are we good? Are we We're good. good, right? I'm good. That's good. Yeah. I feel pretty good. Yeah. Anything so, else you want to say? No. I just right. had to say that. Cool. I feel good. All right. <laughs> We're out of here. Peace. Plants. Yeah.